Hi, I'm Dave Eigenberg, and I play Herman on Chicago Fire, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. You're standing next to your play family, and to me, there's nothing more important. Not going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Shyhards, welcome to episode 282 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we are covering this week's episodes, of course. So 904, 1204, and 1104. Brenda, the season's already like a third of the way done. Don't say it like that. I mean, but it's true though. The math don't lie. I know, but like, no. I know, it's going quick, right? Yeah. Crazy. Well, and they're like halfway done. I saw some interview. I think it may be a marina, or they're like on episode like six, seven. So I mean, like they're like basically halfway through their seasons, which is crazy to think about. It is crazy. Like I feel like we just got them back like last week. Yeah, I know. I know. Crazy. Crazy. So yeah, uh, we don't really have any news. There's an episode description floating out there for PD twelve oh five, but we'll. You know, we'll talk about that as it gets, it gets as it gets closer because we're coming into a hiatus. But uh, well, no, yeah. the next time we record because we won't be there next week, the episode will have already aired. Oh, true. Okay, well, everybody knows it's an Outwater episode, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But otherwise, that's that's about it. Promo photos dropped right after the episodes this week for episodes five. Um, they dropped a bunch more for episode four of Fire. I know that there were a bunch of pictures from that fire at the end, but. I never understand, like, if it's from, like, a fire or, like, an incident and, like, we don't know what happens, like, why, like, what's the point in just drop them before the episode, like. I know. Are they that spoiler? Spoiler Spoilerly? I don't think so. I mean, let's be real. The, The news from this week was not from an official outlet. We'll put it that way. I'm like. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. It took me two seconds to realize what you were talking about. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah. All of the background actors and extras who probably should not have been taking photos but were? Uh, You mean the official Lottie's Instagram? (laughs) And, like, I would expect them to know spoiler etiquette. Not that I'm mad, though. I'm not mad at all. No, I'm not mad either. It was just funny because, like... Background extras, okay, yeah, sure, they should know better, but, like, okay, but, like, the actual Lottie's Instagram page, I thought I don't that was I think I ever actually saw that. I know Lauren told me that it was from them, but I never actually looked at it. Yeah, no, I told you, but, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of the photos that you see, you're like, oh, yeah, that's where that came from? Okay. That's funny. Yeah, it's, like, six or seven. We're 12 years into this now. I mean, you would think that these accounts and people who are affiliated with these shows would know that there is nothing this fandom cannot find. No. And especially when it's as easy as the Lottie's Instagram page. Like, that's something a lot of fans follow. Right. Exactly. I'm scrolling through their Insta right now just trying to see what I can... Oh, scenes from last night's episode at Molly's. Pretty effing obvious. Jesse Spencer in, like, a full tuxedo. Oh my god. Should we say what we're talking about in case everybody knows don't know? we're talking about the Bretzy wedding? Yeah, if you don't know, then uh pictures and videos came out of them filming the Bretzy wedding at Molly's. Oh, look at this neon sign that says Molly's. Yeah. 
That's cute. Oh, that's sweet. But anyway, that's what we're talking about. And if you want to see some pictures, you can just go right to the Lottie's Instagram page because that's where a lot of them are at. Because that's where they are. Because they Lottie spoil has it no right chill. there. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, it's a wedding. We knew he was coming back. Like, we're not stupid. But right. like, well, I, I mean, think the more telling thing from those pictures is that some somebody, you know, super sleuth did it. And there's there's a like a side profile of a man who's like not the focus of the picture at all. But all of us can tell that it's Taylor. Well, I mean, we learn in last night's episode that he He's at least booked a, he booked a flight, so. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's all happening. And anyway. It's all happening. No, it's real. And then it's like the question of, well, is that their last episode? Like, is that, is the wedding Kara's last episode? Or is it like, that ends, like, say the wedding ends the episode and then she's back to say goodbye in the next episode? Or like, you know, how does that actually work? Judging by all of the nostalgia Kara's been posting on her Insta My the past God. week, I'm guessing six is her last episode. Yeah, I'm guessing whatever the wedding is, is the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, her, all of her nostalgia, it's like, holy crap. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's yeah. so crazy. Just, and also just like seeing how everyone's changed, how time has changed, and it's just like, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It is wild. So so that's the unofficial news that's been going on. Yeah. Uh, we have one patron shout out. We have a new patron. Uh, we do. I hope I don't butcher this last name, but Cheryl Plaisant. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the patron group. Make sure you request admission to the Facebook group because that's where the fun is. Yes. Yes. So welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're here. It's a lot of fun. So Cool. Um, otherwise that's about it so let's just move into these episodes shall we let's do it all right we're gonna start with med and we're gonna start with zola there were so many things happening in this episode and i loved it it was a fun episode i loved last night's med it was great i enjoyed it i really enjoyed it yeah Okay, so we start off with Zola. So very first scene, Hannah's delivering what she thinks are twins, but they're actually triplets. So Zola comes in, and the main the main focus of that is that we're getting Zola backstory. So we're finding out she has seven brothers and sisters. So just like if you're filling in your Zola card of like quirks about her, seven brothers and sisters. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So cool. cool. Yeah. Just jotting that one back in my memory. So Archer's no. back. Archer is back. And I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I did not. I, I never even sat down to think about like what a crazy dynamic Archer and Zola would be. Because like she's going to drive him insane. Yeah. And vice versa. He's going to drive her probably up a wall too. Oh my goodness. If, if Crockett drew her up a wall, then Archer is like going to really go make her go crazy they both of them have neither idea what they're up against yeah none so zola starts off with like gold basically because archer's like oh you're gonna get a clean slate are you kidding that like do you know yeah. hannah would hannah would have killed for that when she came to med well he's in that 
very much as he talks about with Hannah, I don't know where you have it in the outline if you have, but like, he's very much in this like gratitude state. Like he, you know, got his kidney. He comes back. He's like thanking Hannah for, you know, he like recognizes he's like very self-aware right now. So like, he's just in a very different state. And so like Zola is very much benefiting from that very different Dean state slate. So without um, even realizing yeah. it, because she left yeah, a golden opportunity no to idea. buy. Yeah. Well, it's also just kind of crazy when you think about it going off of that. It's like Zola has no idea what Dean was like when she first got here. When he first got here, it's like she only knows like the new and improved Dean Archer. And it's like, yeah, that's also wild to think about. So wild. And the way she's trying to suck up to him. And I'm like, girl, you are playing with fire. Yeah. Fire. Oh, man. So she and Maggie are treating this guy named Floyd. Floyd's got really horrible stomach issues. None of it sounds fun. Uh, And he's worried about the cost. So, you know, he's worried about insurance that they're not going to pony up and everything. And what a surprise. We find out that his HMO will not cover the tests. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Yep. This is a recurring theme I seem to notice from week to week. I mean, it's a really important one. It's a big, you know, topic in healthcare about like insurance companies and what they won't and will cover and just how much they suck and so i'm not mad at it me neither no i think it's i I think the insurance companies are a good big bad for this season yeah yeah Yeah, they're a good villain i think what what this episode opened my eyes to was the the giant disconnect between the medical field and the insurance companies that the insurance companies absolutely have no effing clue what goes on inside a doctor's office or inside a hospital they just kind of do things their own way yeah it's massive but it didn't like and then in reverse too like insurance companies dictate so much of like what the hospital will and will not do Mm -hmm. because they want to get paid and obviously the insurance companies are only going to pay them so much so then you know it kind of dictates what happens in the hospital or doctor's office or whatever too crazy yeah 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 so it's a good big bad. I like it because it's going to, you know, it's going to kind of expose us to a lot we didn't know. So I'm cool with that. Well, and it's a good big bad, I feel like, because, like, they can kind of make it come and go as they need to. It's not like OR 2.0 and, like, Jack Dayton last year where it's, like, that has to be the focus of, like, all the things. And there's, like, an actual point. Like, insurance companies are just, I feel like, forever going to be a big bad. Yeah. So, like, it's not, like, I feel like it's a good one for a shortened season. Yeah. I can see that. So. So Zola says at some point, Zola's just like, man, insurance companies, the only thing that they're good at is getting in the way. So we know that insurance companies are basically Zola's kryptonite. They're her big enemy she, that she she can't stand. So if it's Zola versus insurance all season, I'm cool with it. Yeah, well, and I was thinking about this too. Like the thing, you know, there's obviously a lot of comparisons to Zola and like Will and Natalie and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that I like about it is like – and. The, her going against insurance companies is a good example is that like i like zola a lot because she's what she does when she's reckless or kind of you know stepping outside the box or whatever it's her fighting for her patience i feel like a lot of times with will and natalie it was like ego and like competition it was like oh no i'm gonna go a little crazy because it's my idea and i think that's the best way to handle it but it some it didn't always have the patient's best interest at heart. And like everything so far that Zola's done is clearly for the patients. That's like, she, she doesn't care whether it benefits her or not, but like at the end of the day, like she's truly there fighting for her patients. And like, she doesn't care whether she gets fired or not for it again, clearly. 
No, that that is a great observation. I mean, th- then that's completely true. Yeah. The more you analyze That's the reason it. I'm really into Zula right now. And like, I don't really mind what she's doing because at the end of the day, it's really for her patient's benefit. And Will and Natalie were like, well, I'm going to do this because I think it's best. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't really care otherwise. Right, right. So she's talking to Maggie and she just says, you know, they always get in the way. I can't stand them. And Maggie's like, well, we have to work with them. And Zola goes, well, do we though? And we get this. Three weekends now, I've treated drunk underage college kids who have registered under fake IDs, made up names, made up addresses. Admin sends the bills, what happens? It bounces back and the hospital eats the cost. Exactly. So what if we register Floyd under self-pay with a different name and a different, no. No. We can't do that. That's, Uh what am I saying? It's fraud. Called fraud. I know. Yeah, I know. Can just forget I said that? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. That's fraud, Zola. Yeah, I mean, even this, I was like, okay, we're not going that far. But, like, again, she wasn't because of her. Like, she wanted to do it because she wanted to help Floyd. Like, that was her main intent. She's like, how can I help this patient? My question is, do real doctors actually do this? Do they try and come up with ways to get around the insurance companies? Or do they just not give a shit? Um... From what I know, I don't think they're willing to go maybe as far as Zola is. But I think if they can do something like write a letter or do something to like try to help move things along maybe a little faster or something, in my knowledge, I feel like they do. But like they're not going maybe as far as Zola to like potentially think about fraud or, you know, they're not doing that. Let's put it that way. Right, right, right. So Maggie gets resourceful. She outsources the labs. Zola gets a CT off the books, air quotes. And they think they're in the clear, but then CT calls for Archer because the CT guy did not cover his tracks. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah, fucked the up. CT guy fucked up. Uh, yeah, so yeah. they get busted. More about that in a minute. But yeah, they get busted. Floyd gets discharged. And I mean, Archer does not mince words. Zola's just like, yeah, I overstepped. And he's like, you're going to overstep your way into like being fired. Yes. Pull it together. Pull it together. So Floyd gets discharged, which sucks because the man is still miserable. And they're basically just like, bye. Yeah. Sorry. So then we get more Zola backstory. Mind if I pry? Are you wondering why, aren't you? I'm actually wondering who. From the start, you were willing to commit insurance fraud for Floyd. People like that makes me think treating him was really about someone else. Charlene Watkins. Hmm. Is she a relative? Not blood, but definitely family. I was a surprise baby. The next closest sibling to me was nine years older. I was in grade school. They were adults. My parents were great, but they were just old. You know, almost 60, working full time. I was alone a lot. Charlene was our neighbor. She was 24. Super cool. But my junior year of high school, she came down with something. Mm. We thought it was just a cold. I was already interested in medicine, so I told her to see a doctor. She just started a new job. Insurance hadn't kicked in, so she put it off. By the time her insurance was active, the runaround was so ridiculous. Weeks were wasted before she was able to make an appointment, and by then it was too late. What was it? 
lung cancer. Oh. She died six weeks later. Not for the insurance BS that maybe she'd still be around. I'm sorry, Zola. I was 16. It still burns. I loved this scene. Yeah, I, I, I it's, it's good to know. It's helpful to know. I'm not, I guess I'm not surprised that she's the youngest of like seven or eight. That makes no, sense. No, I mean, and by like a lot, like that she was like a surprise and, you know, she's like basically a decade younger than the youngest of the others. Yeah. So that's why she has beef with the insurance companies. Yeah. Do you think her parents are still alive? Um, if she's a, yeah, yeah. If they were older, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Did you catch, this episode had a couple moments where some of the camera angles were so odd. Did you catch that or is that me just like catching stupid details? I only caught it because we were watching this on FaceTime and you kept pointing it out. You were like, what is with these camera angles? Like, why are they so close to get, like, you were just like yelling at the TV. So yes, I caught it because of you pointing it out. So there's this moment when, when Maggie and Zola are having their conversation, you know, at first it's like, fine, whatever, it's a safe distance. But then they get to Maggie at one point and literally, I'm just going to like show this on the camera. The camera is like zoomed in like this. And it's like center. It's it's so well, yeah, it was it was just centered, but it's like right on her face to the point that it's like uncomfortable. And so basically, like imagine Brian and I are having this conversation and I'm just looking straight into the screen and it's all just my face. And I'm like, so how did you feel about that? Yeah. Uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. And then I noticed that like when I rewatched, I was like, yeah, that's a little, it's a little weird little weird yeah and they did it when hannah was talking to nelly and zola too that was one moment where the camera was like right on top of them and i was like this is this is uncomfortable back up yeah i will say though just in general i really enjoyed the zola maggie pairing this week yeah i really like that dynamic i I like i thought that it worked well i mean obviously we've seen a lot of zola and crockett which i also really liked but i I really liked zola and maggie this week i i i want more of that pairing yeah and along the lines of what you said i think you know, if this were Will or Natalie trying to go rogue out of ego, Maggie would have pulled them back. But I think Maggie could tell that Zola was just trying to do what's right. And that's why Maggie Well, that's like, why Maggie also put her ass on the line. Yeah. She understood and I think she really believed in and supported what Zola was trying to do. Like, it wasn't for ego or anything. It was to help the patient. And Maggie saw that. Right. Right. So Floyd ends up coming back because he went for deep dish right when he left. And he comes back just like, projectile vomiting every, everywhere and crockett finds a bristle from like it could be a barbecue brush that we think but it's like a nylon bristle that like comes off a brush and so what they think happened is that it eroded through his stomach and attached itself to his abdominal wall new fear unlocked I'm like it's like what it, yeah i was gonna say it's just like okay scar me for life now will yeah. you thanks what thanks. med's good at yep indeed indeed uh so, you know, Archer kind of talks to Zola and is trying to, like, figure out, you know, okay, what were you thinking? You know, what was going on or whatever? And then he's just like, okay, well, I see you waiting room 20 minutes. It's like, come meet me there. And Zola thinks she's getting fired, but really she's getting sent to a medical ethics class, which, like, where the where the F was this when Will and Nat were around? 
they wrote the book. That's why it didn't exist. They are the reason it exists. They are the reason for the eight hours a day for 10 weeks ethics course exists. On the weekend. So what, I mean, what's going to come of that? Like Zola's not going to calm down. I don't know. I like her though. I really like her. I didn't think I would. I thought she was going to rub me the wrong way, but I really like her so far. And just the way she is so casual with Archer, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, even we as viewers used to fear him when he first came to med. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cool with her. I really like her. So then we've got Archer, because Archer had a whole case of his own. And Archer was trying very, very hard in this episode to practice gratitude, like you said. Which was very and fun. I loved every second of it. Yeah, yeah. So so he comes back, and I'll just let Brandon take it from here. Yeah, so he comes back. He's welcomed with open arms to a huge, like, kidney sign on in the ED, which I thought was hysterical. Which he hates, um, of course. Yeah, he hates. He's like, take that down, please. <laughs> like, no. Um. Anyway, he gets this patient who basically passed out and fell down the stairs. So at first, you know, he's getting treated for, like, a head lack. And Doris is in the room with her and they're like examining, you know, his chest and everything. And so like he unbuttons his shirt or someone does it. And Doris looks down at him. She's like, well, damn. Because <laughs> he's got like a very ripped uh, abs and it's just hysterical. Doris let so the good. intrusive thoughts win. Yeah. So this patient is really afraid because his father and his grandfather both died of heart attacks at the same age he is now in like his early 30s basically so he's really afraid that he this passing out was basically like a precursor to him on his way to a heart attack very soon so archer takes it seriously and he's like because of course the guy's like look i've been to a cardiologist i've had this test done and this test done and this test done and archer you know takes it seriously he doesn't mock him or anything he just like look i'm gonna repeat the labs and everything for myself and then we can kind of see what happens and go through there so they end up doing a repeat echo, and as Archer's trying to get the echo done, the guy, the patient, ends up panicking, and he's having trouble, hard trouble breathing. And Archer's like, "Okay, calm down, it'll be fine." And all of a sudden, he crashes. He goes into cardiac arrest, and Ripley comes in, and he, they're able to get him back, but it it looks tough to go there for two seconds. Um, and so they get him back and Archer's, you know, thanking Ripley. And again, he's practicing gratitude. He's trying. Um, and yeah, so they, but neither of them, because the echo from what they can see kind of looks pretty normal. Obviously it's a little grainy, but that was from the patient moving around. So they're like, I don't really know what it could be. Um, and Ripley suggests some things that Archer was kind of already thinking about, um, you know, other things, but Ripley or Archer's like, okay, I got to do some more digging. But then he gets interrupted because this is when CT calls him and we get this. Archer, what was that about? What was that about? Uh, it was about Dr. Ahmad trying to make a good first impression. You know, I missed everything about this place during my recovery except idiot residents. And there he goes. Goodbye, Dr. Gratitude. Uh, can we get somebody to take this thing down, please? And there goes Archer's decent mood for the day. 
I love how Hannah just laughs at it now. She's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. She's like, ah, there there he is. He's back. Yep. Yep. Again, two two years ago, we would have been like, oh, this guy's such a dick. And now we're just like, Dean, stop it. Good That's old funny. Dean. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're so funny when you're mad. Oh, yeah. boy. So basically, it ends up, the patient's thing is some sort of arrhythmia it's got some really long complicated name it's that really I, long name ctv i'm not even gonna attempt it it's i know but basically it can't be cured but it can be treated with a beta blocker and an internal defibrillator and of course the guy is now kind of depressed because like if his dad and his grandfather had had a doctor like dean who actually took time to like go beyond the basics and really try to figure out what it was they probably would still be alive or at least his dad would because internal defibrillators have been around what you know his dad would have been alive for them to be around Mm -hmm. so it's kind of depressing when you think about it that way but obviously the patient's going to be okay he's going to be able to surpass what he thinks is like a family curse so yeah yeah for sure i thought archer was so good with this guy yeah, I did too. Yeah, just really again the old the old archer would have handled this very differently. He would have just been a grump the whole time and like not. But he, yeah, he handled it perfectly. He basically would have accused the guy of being dramatic, probably. Yeah, and been like, Psh. he would not have dug as deeply as this archer 2.0 did. It does make me laugh how you know you know Archer had to like dig deep into his soul just to tell yeah. Mitch like thanks for helping me it was so uncomfortable yeah. for him he's like um thanks especially to people he doesn't know like I feel like if it was Hannah in that situation he would have had not as hard a time telling her thank you um especially now but yeah especially because it's Ripley and he doesn't really know Ripley that well he's like thank you I yeah He's, like, fully conscious of every move he makes trying to utter the words, thank you. So funny. Yeah. But he, we did see him thank Hannah, actually, at the very beginning, uh, because we find out at the yes. very beginning that Hannah's been making house calls, Hannah's been checking up on them, Hannah's been the food. best person to him ever. But actually, though. But actually, though. Mm-hmm. Brian is smirking. Why are you smirking? Because it's my ship. That's I know it's your ship. ship. I know it's your ship. We were on FaceTime during this episode with Lauren. Lauren was absolutely ruthless last night. Yeah, she was. Yeah. I mean, I, we love her, but no, she adore was. Her. Adore her. And that's how that's how sisters express love, right? But like, she was coming after me so hard. It was so funny. Okay. For those of you wondering, who, those of you who still care, no, I am still not on board with Hannah and Archer. I'm not. I'm just not. Just that's not. okay. Well, Lauren came for me Wednesday night and literally at one point she just puts the phone down and she's like, you're only not into it because Archer's not hot. And I was like, God, I feel so attacked right now. (laughs) That's not the case. I just don't feel it. Yeah. But the rest of you, like, go enjoy. Go enjoy. I will be over on the the, the Hannah and Ripley side cheering you on. Not cheering them on, but cheering everyone else on. I'm just, you know, everybody has different opinions. I'm just going to be on You're my side vibing. of the grass. You're just vibing. You're just vibing. That's exactly what it is. I'm just vibing. I'm just sitting on my side of the grass and I'm like, you know what? You go, Hannah and Archer Shippers. You go. 
I'm not tearing it down. I'm just like, have fun. I'll be over here. But I do love that Hannah took care of them and everything. And I feel like Hannah now understands Dean on a level that nobody else does. There's such a deep connection there that, like, nobody is... And I think even, like, the person who was closest to Dean before they left was Ethan. Obviously because of, you know, their time pre-med and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, even then, I think Hannah and Dean's friendship is almost, I would say, deeper than Dean and Ethan's friendship was. I would agree with that. I think he's been way more willing to let Hannah in than he even was Ethan. And I think he let Ethan in a little bit, but, like, nowhere near what Hannah knows. I'd even go so far to say that his connection with Hannah is deeper than what he had with Leanne. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I get that vibe. I mean, granted, we don't know that much about Leanne, but yeah, I get that vibe. I mean, I think it's, I think you could even theorize that Hannah's probably the first person who's, you know, shown him kindness no matter what. I'm willing to say that people in his past have probably tried to be let in and Archer pushing them away has worked. But for Hannah. Right, and Hannah doesn't, Hannah didn't let him push her away. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a deep bond like that without it being romantic. I'm just saying. But that's you can. I'm not going to deny that. But my ship. My babies. And that's cool. That's cool. I'll just be over here rooting for Ripley. And saying, you go, Bryna. I'll say my comment about Hannah and Ripley when we get to the end of the Hannah section. Don't forget, I didn't record last week. So I have a whole, like extra week of opinions loaded and locked oh i know i already told you that i figured you were just gonna throw in all your opinions from last week when we got to whatever you wanted to talk about i'm not even kidding for those of you who don't know not that it's important i went to a comedy show with my husband last week and not even kidding at the end of the episodes last week i was legit talking to brian and i was like should i sell my tickets because like i cannot believe i'm gonna like i'm gonna miss recording it was like though you were literally like I thought I was safe missing one week. And of course, the one week I decide to miss. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So a whole extra week of opinions just right in the brain, ready to go. So, but yes, Archer was great. Oh, the other thing that I did not add to the outline because I forgot and I'm terrible. um, Sean got another job. Yeah. I didn't know if you had that somewhere else or you were gonna, I, that's okay. I love what they did with Sean. And, like, the fact that he's going to be a coach. A, I forget, I don't remember the exact term they used. Like a recovery but coach? A recovery coach. Yeah, I want a counselor. I didn't know, know. But I just, the fact that he's come full circle and, like, I just, I love that for him. I just hope this isn't the last we see of him. I love Sean. I hope not either. And, like, the other thing I really liked is how, like, when he, when Dean finds out, and, like, just the proud look on his face, like, how proud he is of Sean and, like, how far Sean has come. Like, I I love that. Yeah, and he just spits it out, too. And he's just like, I'm proud of you, son. Like, that was gratitude. You did yeah. that. You're capable yeah. of it. Growth. Love it. It was beautiful. Beautiful indeed. Beautiful indeed. And then we've got Hannah in what might be, like, the funniest storyline on Med ever. Maybe, honestly, not even just funniest. One of Med's best storylines of all time. Yeah. I'll it's up that. there for sure. Yeah. It's so good. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, so Hannah welcomes Archer back, like we were saying, and we meet Wyatt the Pharma guy. Uh, yeah, he just like walks around the corner and both of them are just kind of making eyes at each other, checking each other out, whatever. So Wyatt goes up to her at the doctor station. They flirt. He asks her out and she's like, here's my number. I respect it. Nice and straightforward, cutting right to the chase. Yeah. No sugar coating. Nothing wrong with that. He's being respectful of her time. I like it. Well, yeah. At first. At first. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get some girl time. And honestly, these scenes with Hannah and Zola and Nellie are where the episode is at its best, in my opinion. I was just like, more of that. I was like, I will watch a whole episode of this. Like, give me all of the girl time, please. These are the moments where these shows excel. It's not in the the cop cases or the fires or the treating the patients. It's the human moments when they're all sitting around being actual people, talking about feelings friends. and friends. Yeah. yeah, that is where the, that's where these shows all the time. Excel. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, Zola and Nelly are impressed. They're like, "Man, he just like came right up to you and did that. Like, that's that's boyfriend material. That's quality. Like, that's yeah." The confidence is the confidence is attractive. And I'm with her until shit hits the fan. Oh, okay. I never thought I would end up saying dick pic more than once on this podcast. But Wyatt sent Hannah a dick pic. In portrait mode. In portrait mode. That's in a very important detail, Gina. In oh portrait my mode. God. He took the time. To, like that means he like. That means at some point the that means at some point the phone was like, please place object within eight inches of screen. Like, oh god. Like it's not that's not something he did as like a spur of the moment, like one, two, three, click, done. No, he like oh god. And like he probably thought that portrait mode was gonna make it like more attractive, like what happens when you think like portrait mode, you know, is meant to make like a higher quality, better looking photo. He thought it was gonna be like the best choice and it Oh god. <laughs> I'm just like imagining him going through the different light settings in portrait mode, being like, not this one, maybe that one, maybe this one. <laughs> oh god. Okay. You don't just put it in portrait mode and then snap and pick and be like, okay, done, done. Like, meticulous planning goes into that. Oh, God. So skeezy. Why are men? But actually, though, why do men suck? I found myself asking that multiple times during these episodes this week of all three shows. Why are men? Why are they? Why are men? Why are men? That is just the theme of this week. Why are men? also... We've got to get in depth on some of these things because Hannah's like, Hannah's like, have you guys ever gotten one of these? And Nellie, poor sweet Nellie, she just goes, I've gotten at least five. What? Yeah, that's, that's, I, I personally feel like that's a lot, but. One. I don't know. Too many. Oh, I am I'm so not- glad I missed out on this era of dating apps and like dick pics. I'm just glad I got lucky and have never gotten, No. And I feel like it's one thing if it's, like, someone you're actually flirting with or, like, it's your boyfriend or your significant other or whatever and, like, you're doing it as, like, a flirty thing. Okay, fine. But, like, no. There's a whole different level of, like, unsolicited and someone you're not that comfortable with. And, yeah, that's a different thing than, like, the sexy, supposedly sexy 
even if it's a significant other, that is so risky by texting those kind of photos. Oh, I think it's risky. I'm not saying that, but there's a more, it's okay, I feel like. Okay. It's more accepted. It's more accepted. Yeah. When you're sending it, if it was back and forth between like husband, wife, fiancés, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, it's more accepted in that realm. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, at that point, like your business is your business, but yeah, like it's the it's where it's like the person you're not familiar with, an unsolicited one, like that's where it. No, nah. that crosses no, the no, line. No, no. That crosses the no. line. But also, like, I'm just like, even if even if a couple does it, like you're still taking a really big risk by keeping mm-hmm. that picture on your phone. Uh-huh. But also, mm-hmm. I don't expect any couples to be whipping out disposable cameras in 2024. No, no, that's also... Yeah. And now we're talking about the best way to send your partner sexy pics. What is happening? Do we think that this guy... Like, obviously, this is not the first one he's taken. But you think this guy for sure keeps, like, all however many he's taken in his life in his camera roll, right? Oh, oh, God. I I hope not. <laughs> but probably. I, <laughs> I really hope he does not have an iCloud account. Oh, you know he does. And, like, the thing about it for me, like, with this guy specifically and the fact that he sent it to Hannah is, like, even if he doesn't directly work with Hannah all the time, he still works with her. Like, this is still, like, a professional colleague at the end of the day. Like, I'm pretty sure she could probably go to his whatever company he works for and, like, probably get him fired. Oh, she could ruin him with that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And he's just like nonchalant. Like he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And I hate men like that. No, I, I I do too. I do too. And like what part of a man's brain thinks that that is attractive? Like nobody. <laughs> nobody likes an unsolicited dick pic. I'm sorry. They don't. Thank you. Nobody likes an nobody unsolicited dick pic. Just nobody nobody likes it it's not sexy it's not gonna make a woman fall in love with you it's just not i don't know why why are men why why are men and who are these men that keep sending them to nelly we need to change her pool of like potential she needs to get off the dating apps if that's where she's getting them she needs to get off of them we will find somebody better for her how would she receive five of these without Zach and Kai going big brother and being like, oh, hell no. Well, she could have gotten them before she knew them. What is happening? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm worried for Nellie. I'm like, oh, you five of these? Like, girl, no. You deserve so much better. We need to, like, up your dating pool. Oh, my yeah, goodness. She needs to find a nice, a nice man. And then on the flip side of that, you've got Zola, who speaks fluent alpha male, and replies to the guy and says, nice pick, meet me in the ED, I want to see that thing in person. I love her. I love her. She is my little chaos queen. I love her so much. We stan. We stan. We stan. We stan. But also, like, Nelly and Zola, what, what, what has happened to you in the past? I'm so sorry. 
oh my gosh. <sighs> and then we get what might be the funniest scene in bed history. So good. So, so good. Hannah lures him in and him being the dumbass that he is, he's like, I can't believe I get to play doctor with a real doctor. And Hannah's like, oh, just you wait. And she comes out and closes the curtain and the curtain opens and it's like point blank on Dr. Ripley's face. And he goes, hi, I'm Dr. Ripley. I hear you have a lesion on your penis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, it was so funny. It's iconic. It's iconic. It's so funny. It's so funny. I also Going like down how, in med history, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I also like how when Wyatt came back, like, even just a little heads up from Nellie, she tapped on the desk and was like, he's behind me. Like, I like seeing all the girls looking out for each other and being friends and working together. It's something that was just sorely missing from med, and I'm like, give me more of it. I want all the girl talk. I want all of it. I want all of it. It's so good, and I'm so glad we finally have more women in the ED so that this can happen. That's what I'm saying. We have it. I need it. I need more of it. More, please. Yes. More all the time. More girl talk, less dick pics. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So, yeah. And I mean, even when, like like we were saying earlier, when, when the dick pic gets sent, like the three of them, yeah, they laugh about it, but they're also like complete professionals and spotting the lesion and being like, oh no, he has to come in and get this checked. Right, Hannah's is like the fact that I'm actually gonna have to respond to this text <laughs> that I was otherwise gonna will- willingly ignore. So it's not an STI, which is of course the only thing this Y guy cares about. He's like, it's not a sexually transmitted disease, right? Right, right. All he cares about. Um, and also the way Hannah's like, I see you like basking in the sun, and I'm like, I don't need to know what he does. No, with I don't. That. I literally, you could have just said no STD, and I, you could have stopped the scene there. I there. did not I need to know any. Nope. No. Nope. I didn't even no. want to think about that being possible. Nope. Did not need to know. Okay. Cool. Mm-mm. No. No. Why it's a little too free with uh, his penis. We need to. We need to roll that back. Just uh, let it all hang out. Just no. Don't motto. let it hang out. Put it away. No. I said that's what he. His motto is. Oh is yeah. He likes to let it all hang out. Apparently. Oh man, I would hate to be one of his neighbors. Like, imagine he's out back and just like. Ooh, he can dick pics all the time. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I hope he didn't do that on his like balcony or wherever he lives. That's what I'm imagining it. I mean, he's not <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, we know he's not doing that in the Chicago winter. I mean, unless he's smart, like we hope he's smart, but <laughs> I mean, he can't be that smart if he's, if he's uh, sending unsolicited sending... dick pics. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness! So we get this moment. Is it syphilis? No, actinokeratosis. Oh, thank God! Wait, is that still an STI? No, it's a patch of rough, scaly skin caused by UV exposure. Based on the pic you sent me, pretty clear you like to bask in the sun. Yeah, I guess I should have worn sunscreen. Should have left it in your pants. Well, then we wouldn't have this great origin story about how we met. For real, you think that we're going to still date? Yeah. It's a clean bill of health. Something to celebrate. Hard pass. I can't speak for all women, but for me, getting blasted with a close-up of your business is a giant red flag. Bye, Wyatt. 
Hannah handles this so much better than I can. She's so professional about it. I would have been like, you're insane. She's a queen. I mean, she's a queen. She handles everything with just grace. The perfect amount of grace. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. And somehow maintained her professionalism because mine would have been out the window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So at the end, basically when when Wyatt sends the dick pic, Zola's like, some men are still cavemen. And so when they're in the lounge and Hannah's about to leave, Nellie's like, I just found this article that apparently you know they're, they're they're still finding cavemen dna in men to this day and one of those things can actually be in like skin lesions and hannah's like oh god like shut up this is ridiculous she's like i'm never dating again never and hannah yeah. says she's like forty thousand single men in chicago in your demographic so you got to click with at least one of them and with perfect timing dr ripley walks by all right go ahead spill all your thoughts i like them I like them. I think they have chemistry. I don't I'm know. not denying that. I'm not denying that. I felt a little buzz from their scenes last week. And I thought, oh, I know. I heard all about it. Well, you saw it in the outline because. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked I liked their dynamic when they were at the bar and how like even though she had a date coming, he was like still keeping an eye on her from afar. Like. I liked it. I'm here for it. Here's my thing about Ripley and Hannah. I I recognize the chemistry. I'm not trying to deny that. I think Jesse Shram has chemistry with... I said this last week when I was talking to Rachel. Like, you watch any of her Hallmark movies, like, Jesse Shram's just one of those people who has chemistry with, like, everyone. <laughs> but I recognize the chemistry. I think, though, the reason I'm not, like... Obviously, I'm very much still on the Hannah and Archer train... But the reason I'm, like, would be concerned about it, I just feel like they're going so quick to, like, Hannah and Ripley. Mm. That's like, fair. It's almost, it's almost hard for me to, like, not take it seriously, but, like, it's like he's been here for four episodes and they're already making eyes at each other and they are, like, it's just, like, I feel like ships don't happen that fast. Well, eyes don't mean anything. Eyes are just eyes. You know what I mean, though. Like, literally, they say the line about, like, 40,000 men in Chicago in your demographic, and you've got to click with one of them, and, like, he walks by. Like, right, okay. right. There, there's, there's eyes, and then there's okay. eyes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, for me, for, like, television purposes, I feel like they're going there, like, very fast. What I will say is I'm glad that they haven't harped on the Dr. Charles and Ripley stuff that much since episode one. Because I felt like they were going to just, like, brand Ripley with, like, that being his thing. I like that they've branched off into other things with him. And then maybe we'll come well, back. Well, yeah, Dr. Charles wasn't thing. even in this episode. Yeah, and let's which talk helps. about that, too, here in a minute. But Which we'll helps. Come... Which, I mean, yeah, that does help. But only in that sense. I have, I have opinions yeah. on this whole, like, missing characters thing. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but... I like that they're giving him other stuff to do and that we're getting to know him in other no, no, for sure. And I really like, like, aside from, like, the ship stuff, like, I really just like Ripley in general. Like, I'm very much, he's very charming. I'm very much, I want to know more, not even from the Dr. Charles stuff, like, I want to know more backstory. Like, I want to keep getting to know him a little bit better, but, like, I really like him. Mm-hmm. I I really like him. Um, But, yeah, that's just my opinion. I just feel like 
I'm still on hand and Archer, but also like I'm not not recognizing the chemistry between them. I just feel like they're going there like very fast. I was just so jazzed by last week because all of the new pairings. I was like, there's vibes here. There's vibes here. There's vibes here. I was like, this oh, is the best. We're going to talk about the vibes here <gasps> oh, in I'm two so seconds. I'm so excited for this. I'm that excited. one. Yeah. That one. That one. You're talking about a helicopter guy, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm, I am more excited for hot helicopter guy and Maggie than I am for Hannah and Ripley. I will go on record with that. Oh, I... I'm all in on hot helicopter guy. I love him. And all we, in. We know his name for the record. We know, but hot helicopter guy is just more fun. Is he never? It could be like he could be on the show for the next like twenty years. He's going to be like hot helicopter guy forever. Oh yes, oh yes. Please, Brenda, take it away. I'm so I'm so jazzed. Go. Okay, so yeah, we're going to go into the whole Crockett hot helicopter guy. Hot helicopter guy brings in a patient. Again, we know his, we find out his name. He's Dr. Lauren Johnson, Mm -hmm. but we're still going to call him hot helicopter guy. It's just more fun. Also, I don't want, like, Dr. Johnson, I'm like, no, 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 hot helicopter guy. Hot helicopter guy. But we recognize, we know his name. We we do know his name. Shout out to- got it. Peter. Peter. Shout out to Peter. (laughs) Peter, yeah. Peter. Um, anyway, so he's having a party at his place and Crockett is handling the menu. When these two become such good friends? I don't know, but I love it. I love the little romance. It's great. Oh, it's fantastic. So like while they're bringing in the patient that hot helicopter guy, you know, helicoptered in, like they're talking about the menu and they're debating between whether to do a barbecue, which is what hot helicopter guy wants to do and a Cajun fish fry, which is obviously what Crockett wants to do. And again, so that's where we're at. I like how Crockett was like, you're going to host, I'm going to handle the menu and hot helicopter guy is still giving him grief about it. Yeah. Make it make sense. But also, (laughs) so Obviously, Dr. Johnson, Lauren, LJ, whatever we're calling him. I mean, yes, hot helicopter guy, too. But we've got multiple names for him. But, you know, uh, they're bringing in this patient. They're trying to triage him while they're talking about the menu. And I just need to say, like, the clear guy has not. It's not not that he's been ruined for me, but I laugh every time I see him now. Yeah, I can't I can't help it. And his name is Mike Shaw. He's not just the clear guy, Mike Shaw. But every time he's in a scene and he says clear, I die laughing. It's because I picture Jimmy. I now picture Jimmy like yelling clear in my mind and I uh-huh. just can't unsee it. I can't. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Yeah. It's so funny. But anyway, so they're trying to work on this whole like, so they leave the patient behind, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so they're still trying to settle on barbecue, Cajun fish try. And they decide to go rock, paper, scissors, which is very cute. And so... They do it. Um, Crockett ends up, no, LJ ends up winning. Whatever we're calling him, hot helicopter guy, LJ, whatever I'm calling him. He ends up winning. So, of course, he picks barbecue. And he's like, please, dude. He's like, please, dude. I'm a surgeon, too. I know the first instinct is the throw scissors, which is <laughs> very cute. I miss, um, I missed all this banter. Like, we used to not get this ever. It's so fun. It is. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. 
So he's in the ED and he runs into Maggie and he's talking about the fact that he just received his credentials at med to do surgery. He's basically he's getting ready to do a trauma fellow. He just applied for a trauma fellowship in the summer. So he's like, oh, I'm going to be around more. And I'm like, yes, 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 please. Yes. And like literally Maggie's like, okay, you want to, are you done flying? He's like, yeah. She's like, here, trauma seven. Like, she's like, okay, go for it. I need your help. And so then later on, the like camera cuts to him in the room in the trauma bay he's been working in, like playing with kids and like Maggie's looking on. And I'm like, again, he's hot helicopter guy for a reason. I mean, originally it was just for the looks, but like, he's also good with kids. I mean, come on. Come on. I'm with you. So at the end of that, towards the end of the episode, Crockett comes by after he does the surgery on Floyd to kind of troll hot helicopter guy a little bit about the bristle. Cause obviously it could have come from like a barbecue brush. And so they're trolling about it. And Maggie mentioned she might come or Crockett asked her if she's coming. And she's like, I don't know. I was thinking about it. And then she walks away and hot helicopter guy's like oh like what's up why wouldn't maggie be there and crockett's like oh she's going through a divorce and like the way hot helicopters guy like the look on his face when he like finds that out i'm already shipping this oh i'm shipping it so hard look okay if so they, hard if they want to be more serious down the line be my guest but as of right now he is the most perfect rebound guy i have ever seen in my life i rebound guy the next serious love of her life whatever i don't even care i want those two to have such a good time at the cajun fish fry that like they have a drunken hookup in like a bedroom or something like just go maggie needs it she needs it so much she needs it go live your life and then take a drunken selfie and send it to ben and be like in your face bitch well i don't even know if not even about that i just have this image of like if that were to happen then like she realized she's like oh it's a mistake like i can't do that but like i just feel like he's just from like the two minute vibes we get from him i just feel like he's gonna be so gone for her and like she needs that and i just like i need it for her i need someone who's just like gone for her like so into her like i i just i need it for her Someone gone for her who's going to stay and isn't going to be gone himself. Yeah, because that's how gone for her he is. I'm so here for it. Yeah. We need more of hot helicopter guy. Please. (laughs) Please. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. I'm just like, whew. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm, trust me, I'm the same. Every time he and Matt cross paths i was like oh my god this is the best and he just looks at already like they're just friends right now and like just the way he looks at her i i can't i can't yep Yep. we need somebody who's going to be gone for her who is not going to leave when the going gets tough granted we know maggie did things but like still yeah maggie's not blameless in this situation she's not blameless but she also deserves to have some fun no, for sure. I mean, at this point, her past with Ben is in the past. At this point, like, it's time. Go to the party, get drunk off a few Sazeracs or whatever Crockett makes for that party, and go make out with him. 
I'm trying to like casually scoop IMDb and like see if I can't find out if he if this guy who plays hot helicopter guy if he's I think like his, I think listed his, as his name is I think it's Henderson Wade I think it's his name his first name is Henderson for sure he's on Insta I followed him from the pod account let's see I'm just trying to see Henderson Wade you are correct I was just trying to see if like IMDb said anything else No, it doesn't. Not yet, at least. Please stick around forever. And ever. He's from D.C. Is he now? Mm-hmm. That's what his Insta says. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. But also, anyway. this is like major icing on the cake. Oh, he was on Walker. I'm scrolling his Insta. And I'm like, Jared, what are you doing here? Oh my god, Gina, he was in a he was in a lifetime Christmas movie from a couple of years ago, so he's a Christmas movie person too. Oh my god. He's perfect. He's perfect. Yeah, he was in one with Tatiana Ali in 2021. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh my god. I love him. He's perfect. Please stick around forever. Be our friend. Yeah, come on the pod. But actually though, please come on the pod. But maybe don't listen to it beforehand. Where we call you hot helicopter guy for hours on end. Don't listen to this. Don't we'll listen to this. Yeah. But come on the pod. I love it. I'm, I'm I'm I love it. I'm here for it. Oh. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ugh. And then last up we have Goodwin. We go in the order that the scenes pop up. You guys know that. So that's why Goodwin the first is scene, last. Yeah. yeah. So Goodwin. She is on a coffee date with her new boo. All of these new couples. I love it so much. Go be happy. Go do your thing. I love Med it. went from having like no ships to like 20 potential ones. I'm so here for it. I'm not even gonna lie. So there, there's a scene later on here where like Ripley and Tara are just standing next to each other and I'm just like <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> Uh, no, but I'm not now. I'm just like, yeah, I like it. I can handle it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Goodwin is on a coffee date with her new boo. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Okay, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't spell oh. your. I love it. I love it because it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a given. It's a very adult relationship, right? But it's just so refreshing to see that you know. They both acknowledge that they've had these lives before they got together, but they're still willing to, like, forge a path forward and be happy together. Oh, I'm so here for it. It's the same thing for me that I just said about Matt and Keith. Like, not, maybe not to a certain extent that I think Hot Helicopter Guy might be, but, like, you can already tell that he is so into Goodwin. Yes. Like, he is, like, gone for her. Like, he's so into her. But he's a gentle. He's a gentleman about it, like a yes. gentleman about it. Yes, I mean he acts the way I think someone their age would handle. You know the way they would handle a relationship. Yeah, um, which is obviously very different than like younger people would. But no, same feelings though. I love him. And I, I love like, him. I feel like this is Sharon only just now realizing that she is allowed to move on from Bert. Yeah, like Bert's always going to be in her life. They have kids together, right? Like yeah. grandkids. Like Bert's always going to be there, as example by this whole storyline. 
But like that doesn't mean she has to not ever move on because, you know, she was once married. Right, right. But I, I do think it has taken her this long to realize that it's okay to to move on. Yeah. And like she, you know, obviously is very career driven. You know, she really puts that at the forefront. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh yeah, so they're having their coffee date. Um Dr. Washington Dennis is his name. He's super jazzed that they spelled his name right, which like I immediately thought of that time we went to Starbucks in Chicago and we were like Gianna and Brian. I get it all the time. I get irked for you, which you know you know that, but I get so annoyed for you. I'm like, it's not that hard, people. Yeah, it doesn't matter where I go. It's always not right. Sometimes and then you always get it followed by like when I spell it out or something, you're like, Brina, that's so unique. And I'm like, yeah, I get yeah. it. Thank you. I know. With my name my whole I life. Know. I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, and then sometimes people will say, like, they'll, they'll, they'll call you Brenna, and I'm, like, quietly seething, and I'm like, it's a why. Do you not see? Why? Let me just circle it for you. Why? <laughs> yeah. Brenna is not as bad for me when I get it as, like, Brianna. I'm like, where's the second A? I'm yeah. like, why does it make an A sound? I don't know where you got Brianna. Yeah. Like, Brenna, Brina, okay, fine. I don't know where you got Brianna, but I get that one a lot, too. Remember, like, elementary school phonics? It's the same thing. Just sound it out. Sound it out. Oh, my God. People do that with my maiden name, too. They'll pronounce it with an A on the end. And I'm like, where, where is that A? I'm pretty sure I just told you it's an I. Yeah. Oh, get irritated. Anyway. Goodwin gets a text. Uh, her grandson, Isaiah, remember the one that Goodwin delivered in, like, the top floor of the restaurant at Med a couple seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. What season was that again? This is nine. Was that seven? 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 It was seasons ago. It was either six or seven. It wasn't that long ago, but it wasn't like last year either. Feels like it was that long ago. I'm about to find out. Keep talking. So Isaiah's coming in by ambulance and it turns out Bert fell on him. They were playing, they got tangled up, and Bert fell on Isaiah. He's fine, thankfully. Fine. That's good. But we do get a very awkward Sharon and Dennis moment at the elevator because basically Ripley's taking him up to get an MRI on his knee. Sharon's with him. And as the elevator doors open, Dennis comes off as Sharon and Bert are going in. And again, they keep it professional. She's, he's just like Miss Goodwin, Dr. Washington. Very cordial. Yeah. One side. So Bert tore his ACL, which like the sports fan in me is so used to ACLs being such a major earth shattering event that like Ripley just yeah. rattles it off and we're just like, oh, no big deal. Okay. Yeah. Like, in my sports, a 20 ACL requires like five to seven days of mourning. So uh, yeah. 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 Just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, that was the season seven finale. Which tracks because Isaiah is now two. Yes. Should have put that together, shouldn't we? Well, no, we can't always trust the one Chicago timelines. True. We just skipped six months, so true. Yeah, true, true. Um, yeah, so Bert tore his ACL, but there are some moments in here that Tara catches, but Sharon doesn't. So uh, Bert calls Isaiah Michael, uh, and, you know, Ripley's like, we're going to get a knee immobilizer for your left leg. And he's like, but I drive. And Sharon's like, you drive with your right leg. He kind of forgets about that. Tara's concerned, but Sharon's just like, whatever. 
So on the way out, we get this moment with Sharon and Tara. So your father's going to be out of commission for a while with his knee. I know some nurses who might want a part-time nanny. Oh, that's okay. I actually started putting feelers out last week. Really? I think that Isaiah is getting to be too much for Dad. Last few weeks, he's been off. He's forgetting things and misplacing stuff. The last few weeks? Or forever. I know he's quirky, but it's getting worse. He keeps repeating himself, too. Tara, your father has always been a broken record. I mean, how many times has he told the story about meeting Michael Jordan in the DMV? So you think it's just dad being dad? If the shoe fits. The only reason I pulled this was because I think Sharon knows that something is going on, but I think she's in denial. Yeah, and I think she probably feels conflicted, right? Like, even though, like, we were just talking about, like, Bert's always going to be in our life. Like, she's not Bert's person anymore. She's trying to move on from even when she wasn't married to Bert. She always kind of felt like it was her person. But she's that's not her person anymore. Yeah, and I, I wondered this, too, if, like, part of her was maybe, like, part of her was scared to acknowledge it because she was just starting to move on. And now Bert's there to pull her back in. Yeah, and I think she feels scared that, like, I mean, obviously she still cares about Bert, right? Like, she doesn't want anything bad to happen to him. She doesn't, you know, she she still cares about him. But, like, like you just said, she's just now trying to move on. And it's like, oh, crap. Like, I kind of think I'm feeling something for this guy. But, like, oh, my ex-husband's also going to pull me back down. And not that he's trying to, but, like, just circumstance, you know. Right. But, yeah, I think she very clearly feels conflicted about it. Like, I wonder what's going through her head. We never get to see Goodwin in these kinds of situations. No, because everything we usually see her in is her yelling at so-and-so to do this or, you know, not do this or to break up some board, you know, try to, like, mediate the hospital board or, like, whatever. But, like, we never see her. We don't see a ton of, like, Goodwin personal stuff, really. Right. Right. So then she meets back up with Dennis at the end. And it's just like, they're just so, they're so good. It's just so good. Uh, and again, I mean, it is a very adult relationship, but it's just so refreshing to see and hear. Yeah, I, I again, so much love for those two. I, oh, same, same. And just, he's like so honest. He He mentions, he's like, he cuts through the ED to see her, even though it's not a shortcut. Like, yeah, because so he's just hoping to see her. And he did so on this particular day because he wanted to offer support. Love him. Love that's, that man. That's a good man. Love that man. That's a good man. We, we, had some, we had some really shit men this week, but we had a couple of really good ones that counterbalanced it. Yeah. Top of that list being Dennis and hot helicopter guy. We stand. We stand. Both of them. Yes. Yes. We stand hard. And even when she says, she's like, it's that type of honesty that's really going to make me fall for you. My heart. My heart. I love happy characters. Happy characters makes me so happy. <sighs> Same. Same. But then also, did you notice, like, they hug and then her little giggle, like, when they stop hugging? I love them. Yeah, love she them. She giggled. I love it so much. I know. Ugh, love it. But then Tara meets Sharon outside. Uh, she's got this video off the nanny cam where basically Bert opened a door that he thought was like the door, but it was the closet. And like, he just doesn't know where he is. So something's really not right with Bert at wrong. all. Something's wrong. 
Yeah. Which we're going to dive into more next two weeks. 21st. Yeah. So. Any other notes on med? Good episode. I really like this episode. Yep. And hot helicopter guy we trust. Yes. And come back. Like next week, preferably. And and the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that. Yeah. Please. What she said. Yeah. (laughs) Very good episode. Very good episode. And no more dick pics, please. Yeah, no. 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 (laughs) Oh, boy. It is fire time. Mm -hmm. I like this episode, too. Yeah, this was good. This was good. Get us started, please, Brenna. All right, we're going to talk about Gina's favorite subject. Oh, God. Carver and Violet. Okay, they got the first scene. I can't. I know. I can't. I can't. Sorry. Okay, do you want to get the fire extinguisher thing ready? Like, not that I'm going to say anything bad. She's got it right here. Okay. No, but if I ask you your opinion, I, you know, just go ahead and say your thoughts. I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. You're still not feeling it. What I was going to say is I am glad that this does not start with a morning after scene. That's all. (laughs) Carry on. Okay. So, yes, Sheena is right. It does not start with a morning after scene. What it does start with, though, is Carver walks into shift and he runs into Violet and Ritter. And it's, like, a little awkward because, obviously, if it's not the morning after, it's probably, like, the next day after you know it's relatively close probably the first time they're seeing each other since they had their night of fun um and like Ritter obviously because he's Ritter catches on to it immediately and so like when Carver walks into the common room and leaves um Ritter of course asks Violet about it about it and she just says you know it was a very fun one-time hookup that's all it was that's it not one time I know it's not one time and so later on in the middle episode, when shifts over, he Carver stops by to see Violet out on his way out of shift and like kind of does that like lean against the ambo thing. Um and he mentions that he's free tonight if she wants to do something, and like she again, she's like trying to play it cool, like no, no. But like she kind of she's like, Okay, we'll see, maybe. Did Lauren send you the clip of just Carver over and over again saying, Sup? yes it's funny it makes me laugh every time that is all yes i did see it so it the episode ends last carver and violet thing at least is brett is passing around baby julia which we'll get to and like around and Violet takes her and then Violet hands her over to Carver. And like Carver's clearly bonding with Julia. And Violet and Ritter are kind of like standing to the side, like looking on and like seeing how good Carver is with Julia. And um Ritter's just like, oh, so just a one-time hookup, no big deal. And Violet's like, right. And he's like, Well, because I remember you saying, and she's like, Yeah, yeah, good check. Thanks. Just having fun. And then like of course, it like pans back to Carver and she's like, lots and lots of fun. And 
that's all the carbon violet this week, but okay, like I wanna like them. The first kiss was good. Yeah, no, the eyes and the kiss last week were really good. I mean, I even like the end scene, I I mean I see it. I I see it. Look, I posted the video from two weeks ago when we were talking about Violet and Carver, and people came for me in the comments and were like, so you just want her to be alone her whole life? No. No. That's not what I said. I want her to be happy. I, Gina, as this relationship is blossoming, I'm not feeling it yet. That could change. Hasn't changed yet, but it could change. I think, though, I will say the thing that I'm liking about the way they're handling it so far is I do like the fact that, like, Violet's like, no, this is a one-time thing. Like, I'm not, I don't want to go there with him because of his career. Like, mm -hmm. I can't put myself through that again. Like, I kind of like that they're handling it that way because that feels the most realistic for her next whatever her relationship was first relationship was going to be after Hawkins mm -hmm. like it was always going to have to be like no he can't be a firefighter or he can't be a medic or something because like the career mm -hmm. so I kind of like that she's like falling for someone who has that career because then she has to confront that those feelings yeah yeah big time so I like the way they're handling it so far yeah so mm -hmm. But that's it for. I just I don't have anything else to add to that. I wish I did. I'm trying for the record, trying. Okay, and then we get into Cruz and Brett and Cap and Tony, and this is kind of a mess, really. So it's so good, though. It is so, so good. good. So Cruz talks to Herman and notices the invite to Brett and Casey's wedding sitting on the desk, and. Herman's asking, like, what type of entree did you pick? And Cruz gets really awkward because it's pretty obvious that Cruz did not get one. Like, yikes. So Brett brings Julia over to the house because her sitter quit on her at the last minute. And I will say this. That baby is so cute. Oh, my God. Precious. Oh precious little baby. God, she's so cute. So Ambo gets called out right away. And so Brett has no choice but to hand her to Cap. Which, like, perfect. That's the exact person you want babysitting Julia when there's no other option. Cap and Tony, of all people, yeah. Of all people, right. I feel like, like, I get the vibe from Tony that he just is, like, he's, like, never been around a baby in his life. And he's just kind of, like, baby, cool. Yeah. I get that vibe. I get yeah. that vibe. Like, he's so uncomfortable and doesn't know what to do. Um. Yeah, and so when she hands him over, she's like, Cruz is here, right? Like, I'm not just leaving her with you guys? Okay. So what do Tony and Cap decide to do? Just Tony and Cap things, and they build a playpen out of cribbing. Well, Cap calls it first. He falls in a cage, and Tony's like, it's a playpen. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, and then when they come back from the call, Violet's like, what are you doing? And they're, like, problem-solving, like, firefighters. And then Violet, of course, is like, well, she could topple all of that down on her and, like, you know, hurt herself. And Ritter's like, why don't you just turn on the TV? Much simpler. So, Brett stops by Bowden's office to see him because she wants Bowden to officiate the wedding. 
I know. My heart. My heart, indeed. My heart. Um, yeah, they want Bowden to officiate, and, you know, Bowden's just, like, it's a big honor. Like, that's what it is. I do want to touch on some discourse that has been happening. In the- I was just about to bring it up. Yeah, there's been some discourse on the internet. And, you guys, like, we all are entitled to our own opinions. They're not always going to be the same as everybody else, but that's okay. So... I've seen some discourse that people are like, she's copying Stella. She's not, first of all. Well, Bowden literally played two different roles. He walks Stella down the aisle and he's going to officiate this wedding. Just because Bowden is special to Stella does not mean he can't also be special to Brett and Casey. Well, and the thing is, I feel like I feel like people are just trying to pit Stella and Brett against each other and just like Stella Red and Brett see against each other. Because the thing is, I feel like if Casey asked Bowden this, I feel like people wouldn't have an issue with it. But because it's Brett asking, obviously, because Casey's not here yet, but I feel like people because it's Brett, I feel like is why people have a problem with it. It's 2024, y'all. We're done pitting women against each other. Right. We're not doing that anymore. No. No. We're not doing that. And, And I mean, Logan pointed this out when we were talking last night, too, is that, I mean, Bowden was essentially a surrogate dad to Casey. Yeah. I mean, forget even Brett, like, I mean, not obviously forget Brett, but, like, Brett aside, like, just Bowden and Casey's relationship and how that has developed over the decade plus that we've seen even before then like i mean come on now like you would think that whatever it is Bowden was gonna play some role in their wedding whether it was officiating whether i i don't know what else but like he was gonna play some role in their wedding right there's no need to compare and brett's not copying and even if she were copying that would be okay if she wanted Bowden to walk her down the aisle that would be fine yeah it's okay it's okay it's fine. It just means that Bowden means a lot to everyone. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way, it's like, what? So just because one person wasn't, like, when it comes to even, like, bridesmaids or groomsmen, it's like, okay, fine. So that person was in your wedding, so they can't be in the next person's wedding? Right. Like, that's not how this works. No. That's not how this works. Difference of opinion is fine, y'all. It's okay. For sure. It's the attacking people for their own opinions that's got to stop. Stop that. That is out for 2024. Did you see the other day the one Chicago account did like ins and outs for the new year? I did. Attacking each other for different opinions. Cyberbullying? Out. Out. We're not going to stand for it. Take that energy and direct it somewhere else. Yeah. So be nice to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And Stella and Brett can each have their own weddings where they do their own things. And that's okay. Yep. <sighs> and scene. Goodness. But yeah, so Cap and Tony are watching, like, Peppa Pig or something is on. And they have yeah. Julia's on the floor just vibing, playing with her toys or whatever. And Tony and Cap get so into the show that Cruz comes in and he's like, where's Julia? And they're just like, oh, shit. So they go into squad mode. And Cruz is like, search here. You search there. We'll do this. And then, of course, the bells go off. 
And thankfully, Julia found her way over to Herman, which is like, she can't be any safer in that firehouse at that point. Herman's just like, yeah, been there, done that. So they five find times. Her. Yeah, five times. Yeah. So they find her and they're just like, oh, thank God. And Herman just is like, you guys had no clue where she was, didn't you? <sighs> yeah. Keeping America safe. Oh, goodness. So... Yeah, and and as they're doing this, Cruz is like, oh my god, if we don't find her, there's going to be two reasons not to invite me to her wedding. And the thought crossed my mind, like, at the beginning, I was just like, she wouldn't have not invited him because they dated, right? And you and Lauren were both just like, no! No. No. So, yeah, that's why Cruz Cruz is convinced that he didn't get invited because of that, because they dated. And Cap is like, you could always just ask Brett. Cap with the wisdom. Who knew? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So Cruz sees some random guy from third shift with an invitation. And he's like, what the fuck? And he can't take it anymore. So he goes to Brett. And she's like, you really thought you weren't invited to my wedding? She's like, who? Like, where was this locker? And he's like, next to mine. And she's just like, I put it in the wrong place. Like, of course, I wouldn't not invite you to the wedding. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. The the I I'm I like the Julia moments we got out of this because like that was really funny. But otherwise I was like, this is we don't really need this. I mean, of course, of course it was a mix-up. Yeah, I didn't necessarily need the whole like cruise and brett of it. I love the Cap Tony Julia stuff. That was a highlight. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't necessarily need that part of it because like obviously it was just a mistake, like of course he was invited to the wedding. Like, I don't know why he ever doubted it, but yeah. Yeah. So we got one listener thought from this. Gwen said, I personally thought the invitation lost storyline was a bit childish. These are supposed to be grown adults and having Cruz acting like a little kid who didn't get invited to a birthday party was a bit weird. I kind of agree with that. I mean, he's right to be like, what? But like, I don't know if I would say weird. I would just say like, I think it makes sense that like, if he truly thought that I would understand why he's hurt because mm-hmm. not even like because they dated. I mean, they were, you know, room dogs, like they've been really good friends for a really long time. So like, if I was, if I was in his situation, I would also probably be a little hurt thinking I didn't get invited to one of my really good friends weddings. Like I would probably be a little hurt about that too. Uh, I just didn't think it was necessary drama. Like, you obviously can tell the storyline was just, like, for TV sakes. Like, it was drama for TV. Yeah. Um, But I don't think Cruz acting the way he did was, like, childish. Because I would have probably been hurt, too, if I was in his shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. can see that. can see that for sure. Gwen also said, Cap and Tony for the win. Love seeing Tony getting more TV screen time and storylines this season with and without Cap. He definitely keeps you guessing. Love that. Yeah, we've now had Tony help planning the wedding, babysitting Julia. I mean, for Tony, that's pretty good. Tony's a pretty resourceful dude. Yeah, I mean, he even they make the comment about the invitations because they're like, oh, look and see, would you see what they did with the paper? And Tony's like, yeah, that was my idea. I mean, dang. A month and a half out, too. Yeah. My goodness. (laughs) Yeah. So then we move over to Stella. Oh, boy. Got a lot yeah. to talk about here. Go ahead. Yeah. So it before they even get caught out on the case, 
Violet asks Stella, like, how it's been without Severide. And she's like, you know, it's fine. Like, we've been texting a bunch, talking every night. Um, And she mentions, though, that, like, he's, I guess, been kicking around the idea of, like, moving to OFI full-time at some point, like, whenever he's ready to move on. And she's like, yeah, like, I'm all for it. You know, like, she has no problem with that idea. And I'm just like, okay. They're planting some seeds here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, before I make, you know, before we move on, I will say, I think it makes me more hopeful that if Taylor were to ever leave before, like, Taylor left and Miranda wasn't leaving, I think it makes me more hopeful by planting this seed that they wouldn't go the divorce route. Oh, my God. Like, I can't believe that we have You know what I'm saying? Like, Like, I feel like they would just, like, move, be like, okay, he's moving to OFI, and, like, Stella's going to work at 51, and they're still going to be married. It's so sad that that's our default, is when somebody leaves, we're like, they're going to get divorced. Fuck. I mean, it's not easy, but, like, I feel like this makes me feel a little bit better that, like, if he were to leave, they're not getting divorced. I don't think it's an if, sadly. I think it's coming a lot sooner than we think. You know what I mean, though. No, I know. But. I know. Yeah. Anyway. So, 51 gets caught out to this house where, like, the fire seems to be coming from some garage in the back. And there's a woman out there. They're able to keep her safe. And, like, they put the fire out pretty quickly before it gets really bad. Um, And so, they're about to go, like, look inside the garage and, like, look around. And they hear this noise. And so Stella goes to open the cabinet. And it turns out this woman's daughter was in one of the cabinets. And so Stella tries to ask, you know, the little girl, like, what may have happened. But the mom, like, doesn't want her getting more upset. And Stella just gets weird vibes from the whole thing. And so, like, they're all kind of talking it out. And Herman's like, eh, no big deal. Like, it's fine. Kids, you know. All my kids lit fires before. It's fine. Talking about um, how Annabelle was a little firebug growing up. Oh, my God. Does not surprise me. <laughs> does not surprise me that it was Annabelle. Like, at all. So, but Stella's got just, like, some kind of gut feeling. She's like, I think this little girl did it. Like, something's just not sitting right with me about this case. So, it's kind of taken over her because, like, they're back to the house and 81 running drills and she's like distracted which for Stella is like doesn't happen mm-hmm. and so she's talking about the fact that she noticed the hole that was like in the little girl's jacket and she's like it didn't look like it just happened today like it would have happened to have been there for a while so Gibson looks it up and he's like oh there's been three fires within two blocks of that house in the past month and like one even happened last week like two doors down so Chuck goes and they talk to the neighbor and he's like well I don't have proof but like I'm pretty sure it was the little girl who did this and he's like you know she's had a couple issues lately over the last few months but like before that she was always pretty normal um and then they try to go talk to the mom again and she just like refuses to talk to them so then Stella decides you know what I'm gonna do it I'm gonna go to OFI like I kind of have no choice I'm gonna go to OFI and she talks to the meter about this, like, joint CFD-CPD program to basically, like, reach kids before they become a problem. And he's like, yeah, I'll call the director. 
And while he's looking up the director's number, he asks her about Severide. How's Severide doing? Oh, he's, do you know him? He's loving the work. I'm so glad he changed his mind, stayed in that ATF program. Talent like Severide, it's a rare gift. You don't ever want to take a thing like that for granted. Well, uh, you know, I've been telling him it's not good to take anything in life for granted. And this is awkward. It's so awkward. Like, I okay, Van Meter, I get that you mean well, but you're meddling. Stop it. Uh, but the thing is, and, like, I was talking about this a lot with Rachel last week. The thing is, is, like, I know we all want to be mad at Van Meter, and, like, I get it. But, like, he doesn't know. Like, he in his mind, he's just, like, why would Severide turn this down? Why would he not go for it? Like, he doesn't know, obviously. Like, he's not close enough to either one of them to be, like... Let me tell you all about my marriage problems. But, like, you know, he yeah. doesn't know that there's a bigger reason on why Severide wasn't wanting to do it. Right. So he means well. It's just, but he doesn't know that he's, like, stepping into something. I thought for, like, two seconds Stella was going to tell him something. And then she didn't. And I was like, okay, that's probably good. Probably. I just, when he said, oh, I'm so glad he changed his mind and stayed in the ATF program, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, no, he didn't change his mind. You pressured him into it. No, but I, I mean, I think that's what he wanted to do all along. No, it totally is. But, yeah. Well, and when he was like, you don't ever want to take a thing like that for granted, I thought Stella was going to say for two seconds, I thought she was going to be like, well, he took our marriage for granted. But <laughs> then I was like, okay. Probably where, better that she didn't say that. Where's the lie, though? Where's the lie? Probably better she didn't tell Van Meter of all people that, though. I know. I know. I, I feel like Van Meter does not need to know any more than he already does. Yeah. And he doesn't know anything that much about personal lives, at least. I went um, from, like, loving him to, like, not trusting him at all. I'm just like, no, no more for you, Van Meter. I think the thing is, it's just, like, we asso- again, we associate Van Meter with the arson, and we associate arson with, like, the Rip and Stellarite's marriage right now. So, like, he's just on the bad side. Yeah. Unfortunately. He didn't do anything necessarily wrong. It's just kind of like he's just represents all the bad, and he doesn't even know that's what he represents. Van Meter done Van Metaled. Yeah. Your tweet about that, I was like, I would have never come up with that in my life. I thought that was funny. Um, so the mom from the call earlier shows up to the firehouse to see Stella and she's like, you need to stop meddling. Like I, you need to stop meddling. And she's like, I'm going through divorce and my husband wants sole custody. And so she's afraid that if he catches on that, like all this stuff is going on, that he will use it against her in court. And she's like, I can't lose Harper. So like, please let me handle it myself and like, leave me alone. And she like walks away. But of course, though, that's not the end of it because towards the end of the episode, they get called out back out to this house and the fire is like way worse than before. It's like inflamed, engulfed the whole house in flames. Um, And the mom ends up actually even jumping out of a second story window because she can't get out anyway else um, and doesn't wait for help. And so, of course... They go and 51 decides to go inside and look for Harper because, of course, she, they assume she's still inside somewhere, like the last call. And Stella finds her. But as she's trying to get Harper out of there, Stella falls into the floor. Um, That was scary. 
I was really scary. I was like, please, no, we're not doing this. Please, no, no we're not. No, 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 no. I did not like that. Yeah. And then luckily for her, she calls Gibson. Gibson takes Harper and hands Stella his halligan, and Stella's able to kind of cut herself out of there very quickly. And it's really sad because, like, they're back out on the scene, and, like, Harper's just calling out for her mom, but, like, her mom's basically, like, unconscious in the ambulance. And I don't even really think she really recognizes, like, what she did, you know, because she's so young. Yeah, and um, she, I mean, she even tells Stella when she finds her in the cabinet, she's like, it was an accident. Like, I don't, I don't think she right. meant for it to get that bad. I think, you know, she obviously was doing this for attention, but, like, she didn't, yeah, she didn't really realize that this is what she was doing. Um, but it ends basically Bowden tells Stella that the mom is out of surgery and they think she's gonna pull through but like Stella's still taking it super hard though Mm -hmm. because that's just the kind of leader Stella is she takes everything where she feels like she may have failed even one percent she's gonna hold that with her yeah even though she didn't fail but if she thinks she may have failed even like 0.5 percent she's gonna it's gonna stay with her right because like in a perfect world you know she would have been able to intervene before that second fire happened Yep. Yep. And so earlier she had texted Severide basically that she was like really missing him. And he texts her back at the end of the episode that he has booked his flight home. So he will be home. It doesn't say like what day, but like soon. Obviously, he's coming back very soon. Yeah. I would assume that means probably off episode five still and back for six. No, the text said he booked his flight for a week from tomorrow. So a week from today. Right, but, like, that's fire time. So, like, is do he, we think that means he's... He's not in the promo photos, is he? Somebody, I think it was Logan, said he wasn't seen when they were filming episode five. Hmm. But, obviously, he could be in interior scenes and just wasn't seen. On calls. You know, outside. Yeah. We don't know yeah. that, but... No. Uh, somebody else also pointed out the rest of the conversation in their text. Did you happen to catch that? Yes. It's cute. Hysterical. Yeah, it's cute. Basically, Kelly's like, I saw a rattlesnake while I was getting my rental. And Stella's just like, you never see that here. And he just says, unless Cat brings one home as a pet. That's very cute. funny. It is cute. Very cute. Uh, are we going to talk about kind of like the longing glances at Julia and all that kind of yeah. stuff that kind of happened? Yeah, we can talk about it. Are you getting vibes that she wants a baby? You know, I don't know. I almost wonder. I mean, I'm sure she does maybe eventually, but like, I almost wonder if Julia in some ways is just like her missing severide which sounds weird to say it but like julia brett or stella sees how happy brett is with like you know she's got the baby she's got you know she's getting ready to get married to casey like she's kind of got this like family unit already and like obviously with severide being gone i wonder if she's just missing like her husband you know because that right now is her family yeah or do you think it's more like she wants to have a baby I could see it being that, but you and I both know that these shows don't know how to do pregnancy. Yeah. Well, I think it also, too, it's not even, I think 
she's really just contemplating future because in the beginning when she's talking to Violet about Severide's move to OFI and how it'd be less dangerous, you know, not as much travel and stuff like that, I wonder if she's thinking about that because of, you know, the future. Like, it would be nice to have one parent who's not constantly putting their lives on dangers, working regular hours, you know. Yeah. I, you know, so maybe it is more about babies, but I don't think, let's put it this way. We're not getting a baby this season. I, no. No, we're not getting an actual baby. I mean, we might get a stolen pregnancy, but like, I doubt it. Yeah, I really, I will put it this way. I would be more surprised if we get a Stella pregnancy than I would be. I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'd be very surprised. Well, and frankly, I don't want it. Given this, given the show's history with pregnancies, I don't want it. I think story wise, it would be really interesting. Like, there's so much they could do because obviously, just Severide, you know, like just the fact that they both didn't have great childhoods and like, you know, would be worried about being good parents. And then like, it would be really interesting to see how Stella would handle being like a pregnant lieutenant. Like, I think there's a lot storyline lies they could do with it. But yeah, as long like, as Brett it- had to go so Brett had to go so far as basically to like adopt a child for her yeah. in order to have like a child because yes. they can't do. Yeah, I don't want it if it's not going to result in an actual baby. Yeah, don't put them through that. Agree. Don't do it. Did you see? I think I put the link in the group chat, but um, Chantel Van Santen did an interview this week because she's on Most Wanted now. Uh huh. Um, and basically, when she came on to FBI, they made her character pregnant. And she basically says in the article, she's like, yeah, they they offered me the spot on Most Wanted and basically said that the original plan was for the baby not to make it. But if I took the role on Most Wanted, that the baby would. Why is the default to kill the babies in these writers' rooms? Why? That's crazy. Well, and I, didn't, I did not read the article. I saw the headlines for sure. But like... Did she talk about at all? And maybe she doesn't know, but like, why? Like, what about her moving to most wanted made it okay for her now to like the baby not to like be killed off? Because she came on to regular FBI to replace Missy while she was on maternity leave. She was supposed to be temporary, right? And then she got involved with Scola on FBI. Right, I knew that. Yeah, and so, and they made her character pregnant, but they thought that when Missy came back, she was going to go. Then they were going to kill her off entirely? I don't know if they were going to kill her, but they were going to, like, kill the baby, and I don't know if she was going to stick around. I I don't know if, like, I don't know if they had just such a good reaction to her that they decided to keep her, but basically, the baby's survival, the fictional baby's survival was contingent upon her taking the role of Most Wanted. No, I understand what you're saying. I guess, to me, it's just, like, what about her moving to Most Wanted? I understand why she moved to Most Wanted. Like, I get it. Missy came back. Like, I got that part. But, like, mm-hmm. they theoretically could have moved her to Most Wanted and still killed the baby. I I know. I, I get it. You know it. what I'm That's... saying? Like, I guess it's just, like, what, what makes it so different about, like, her being on Most Wanted that they were like, nope, if you go over there, the baby can live. It's fine. I don't know. Because then I, I guess it I guess it leaves the potential for crossing over between Scola and her character. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But why is that the default in the one Chicago world? 
Yeah, why is the, why is it really like, the wolf entertainment world? It's yeah. messed up. It's messed up. And yes, I realize these are fictional babies we're talking about, but it's still messed up. Nobody wants to tune in to see their favorite character go through this like horrible, traumatic, life altering event. Well, like television characters go through pregnancies all the time, like especially even when they have very difficult jobs. No, so you can't just blame it on the jobs and be like, oh, well, yeah, no. But the norm in this world is for the baby not to survive, which is like, yeah, that's why I don't want a stellar ride pregnancy. If you're just going to do that to her, that's cut copy paste from what Burgess went through, from what April went through, you know? Yeah. At that point, I'd rather her like switch it up like Brett and like go adopt or something, you know, something. Right. Foster or whatever. Yeah. Do not give me a stellar ride pregnancy unless it ends in an actual baby. Yeah. But also, what do you think of the whole sever i think do you think he's i feel like we're losing him this season what do you feel i go back and forth honestly i feel like they set it up so well for like whenever that happens whether it is at the end of the season whether it's next season whenever they decide like they they have it set up he's gonna just go take over ofi go overwork at ofi yeah that's how they're going to exit him whenever it happens. I will say this. I don't want to put it out in the universe because I don't, you know, I don't want, I don't like to put things out in the universe because I don't want it to happen. But like, it would not surprise me. Let's put it this way. It would not surprise me if he's gone again at the end of the season. I think he sticks at this point till the end, mm-hmm. like till 13, because he comes back in six, like, I think they can find somehow they can work for seven, you know, six, seven more episodes. But like, uh, it would not surprise me if he's gone at the end. I feel like we've just had so much time to mentally prepare for this one that I'm just like, I don't care. I'll talk about it. Like, well, and it's so funny because we're so ingrained in it. So last weekend or over the weekend, Noah was catching up on like the last, you know, the first three episodes of the season. And he was like, oh, he's back. And I was like, yeah, he's back, whatever. And then, he like, episode three happened. He's like, why did he go again? And I'm like, well, you know. Yeah. But it was just like, but he, obviously he's a very casual watcher. He doesn't know, think about it the way we do. And he was just like, okay, he's going again. Why is he, he's gone. Okay, It's like, you know, casual viewers see it so differently than, like, us hard. Like, I think to him it was kind of, like, a little shocking that he was, like, all of a sudden gone again. And I feel like if it happens and he leaves again, Noah's going to be like, uh, why? Like, I don't get it. Why? Yeah. I mean, for the casual viewers, a lot of them were annoyed by this last week that they were like, we just got him back. Seriously? Yeah. That's kind of how Noah felt. Yeah. It was like, really? I mean, during the PD portion, we'll probably discuss this thing about, like, these characters not being in every episode. But it's kind of fucking with things. Yeah. And okay. I think we thought that we'll we'll save her for PD. We'll save her for PD. Okay. Um we did get a listener thought. Gwen said the Stella Stella centric was refreshing episode was refreshing to see her in her element doing her best without separating and thriving. She's really taken to her leadership lieutenant role and it shows. Also playing arson investigator was fun. I think she sees and understands why Severide enjoys it, but hates the fact that the ATF takes him out of Chicago for cases. If he stays local and doesn't, I don't see it being as big of an issue as they're trying to showcase. 
Well, yeah, if he, if he stays local, he comes home to Stella every night. Right. That's why, like, when she even talked about it with Violet, she's like, yeah, he's talked about, like, the next chapter of his career being at OFI, and, like, I don't really have, I, I that's fine. Yeah. Um, And then Gwen also said, Severide Baby, well, Stellaride Baby incoming, maybe, but I don't think it'll be a planned deal. We'll see. I don't know. We will see. No, we still, we still got a lot more episodes to go. Ish. I mean... <laughs> At this point, you still got nine, so. Yeah, true. It's a decent chunk. So then last up, we've got Bowden and James. We have not seen James in a long time. Yeah, we were trying to recall five, six, whenever. I don't, I don't know. It was a long time ago. It's been a hot second. For sure, for sure. So... Bowden gets a text from James that he's waiting outside for Bowden. And James needs help because his mom is in jail. His mom, Bowden's ex-wife, it, she's in jail. So his mom got caught trying to cross the border with 50,000 fentanyl pills. Ooh-wee. She's in a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah. A lot of trouble. And yeah. all she has is a public defender who doesn't want to fight it and just wants to take a plea. And that sounds right, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. She's in a lot of trouble. So Bowden calls a friend of his, Mike Knowles, who is a lawyer. When Bowden's like, I have a lawyer friend we can talk to. I'm like, well, it's nobody from Justice. So who's he calling? I feel like Mike Knowles is a familiar name, though. Like, I feel like maybe he's popped up before. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. To the IMDb. Keep yeah. talking. So Bowden explains it to him and he's like, charging her as the sole defendant seems like a big reach, but I'm not really sure if she can beat that. And so he says, he's like, one thing for damn sure is that a federal trial is a long, expensive ordeal. Are you ready to go on that journey for your ex-wife? And he says, it's not about her. I'm thinking about her son. There was a long stretch there where I raised that boy like my own. So whatever I can do for him, I'm going to do it. So... Bowden goes to meet with Shonda, his ex-wife, and she admits, she's like, no, I'm guilty. Like, the guy I was working for didn't even know, but I'm like, I did it. I'm guilty. And she had gotten herself into debt and she'd been struggling for years and she just couldn't take the drowning feeling anymore. Fun fact, Mike Knowles was in Fire 11-21. So literally at the end of last year. And nothing the else? The of last year. If if it was, it was not this guy. Let's put it that way. I was wondering if he was the attorney that Voight met with in the parking garage after Al died, but probably not because that guy was a DA. No. Or judge. Oh. He was Joe on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Oh, the bartender. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I see it now, but I definitely did not pick up on that last night. I didn't night. pick up on that either. No. But anyway, continue. So Shonda basically is like, no, I did it. Like, I I definitely did the crime. And so Bowden talks to Herman about it over breakfast. I love that they have their, like, relationship separate from being battalion chief and yellow lieutenant. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so Bowden's just like, I can't help but think that if I'd been more present in their lives over the last few years, then I would have known what's going on. And maybe things would have turned out a little better for them. And Herman's just like, you you know, people make their own decisions. Like, you you know that. 
And he yeah. also mentions Shonda does not want James to know the truth and begged him not to tell him. But, like, he has to. Yeah. He's stuck in a really hard place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and he just tells Herman, he's like, I don't know what to do. It's just going to break his heart. And Herman says, that urge to protect our kids from the hard punches, it's no use. They catch it right in the teeth, just like you and I did. Of course, mm-hmm. he's referring to Cindy and her kids. Yeah. Are- yeah. Yeah. So, Bowden tells James the truth. And James takes it as Bowden not wanting to help. And, you know, he just says, he's like, you made it clear you didn't want anything to do with us a long time ago. You know, James is hurt. He's upset. Mm-hmm. And so Bowden later gets home from shift and finds James waiting for him. And James just says, he's like, you're the only person I know who's never lied to me. And Bowden apologizes for not checking in more. And he says, you know, you're always welcome here no matter what. Yeah. I like this storyline. Like anything with Bowden. It made me think, though, like, because it kind of, I was like, you know, I don't know why my, but then it was like, we really haven't seen Donna a lot. That was where my brain went. And then I was like, when was the last time we saw Donna? You want to know the last time we saw Donna? Was it when she was teaching the Zoom classes and Gallo and Ritter yes, were helping her? 2021. Oh, my goodness. That's been three years ago. That's a long time. It's a long time. I want to see Donna. I know. And I wonder if it's just, like, scheduling-wise. Like, they haven't been able to work it out. Like, I don't know. But it's, Yeah probably budget cuts if we can't even see our own regulars no way we're gonna see donna i mean they can make it work Salty. i just need one scene please i know right I know. yeah any other notes on fire i really like this episode it was good it was good all right let's stretch it it's pd time oh man i know this is a weird one <laughs> it is a weird one right and it was and i love one. taurus but like this is a weird one right and it didn't start weird it wasn't weird until like the end yeah yeah oh, boy. yeah so some guy named torres is back i've seen him before he looks vaguely familiar yeah mm-hmm. i don't know so he is back and he's taking care of his mom. His mom had like major bypass surgery. So that's why he's been gone for the first four episodes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So yeah, he's making her breakfast and he's taking care of her. And then he mentions, he's like, my coworker Kevin's coming to pick me up, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So Kev picks him up because Torres's car is broken down. We even get a moment of like, you know, Kev comes in and he's like, hold on, Miss Torres. Like, it's so cute. It is cute. It is cute. Yeah. So Kevin picks him up because Torres' car broke down. They're in the car. And Kevin's like, oh, you were off? Like, nobody even noticed. Just giving him crap. And then he- But also just, like, the meta line about, like, the fact that the show is recognizing that, like, Torres has been gone for, you know, the first three episodes and everyone's been complaining about it. Like- Should we talk about it now? Go for it. Talk about it. Okay. So- I feel like this is the first week where somebody has... No, maybe it's not the first week that somebody has been missing from all three shows. No, I don't think so. But... I don't know. All three shows, I don't know. Was anybody missing from Fire last week? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. 
So this might be the first week that it's happening. That's like we had one person missing from each show. So, okay. We know that we knew that this was coming, but I really honestly thought they were bluffing. I thought this was something when they were like, you're not going to see everybody in every episode. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. That's going to get sorted. Like whatever. But nope, it's, it's happening. It's happening. I think the thing that like, I don't, I, I, okay, fine. I got it. Budget cuts. I got it. I guess I thought that like by it being a shortened season, we weren't going to like, I was like, oh, that's a next year thing at this point. Like it's not going to affect this this year. Like that's a 2020, 2024, 2025 problem. Yeah. It really sucks. I hate it. And it's noticeable. Like, I think they thought that like, oh, it's not going to be noticeable. Like, I feel like the only one it wasn't strictly noticeable was Dr. or Dr. Charles missing on med this week. And like, even then I was like, by 20 minutes in, I was like, okay, I guess he's the one that's missing this week. Like, I think it's helpful on med because there's so many in that cast. Oh, and there's just so much going on. There's like five different cases in this. I think med is makes it, I think somebody can be missing on med and it can go okay. I think it's very noticeable on PD and I think it's noticeable on fire. Well, it's noticeable on PD because for some reason this show is terrified to bring in new characters. Well, and there's like none of them because they're terrified to bring in new characters. There's so few of them. Right. Like they've literally been up because, you know, Torres was gone. And then when Ruzik was still out, like they're literally operating this week. It You've got Torres and then you've got Kim's out. So you've got Ruzik, Upton and Atwater. You're operating on a four man crew. A four-man intelligence sucks. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Because the first two episodes of this season were painful. You know why they were painful? Because you had three people in intelligence. Three. Yeah, but the thing is, if they don't bring in new characters next year, you're gonna have a continuous four-man intelligence. Right. Because that's literally all you're gonna have left. Right. Could you imagine somebody tuning in and it's just me, you, and Lauren solving a murder for an hour? No, because we'd suck at it. <laughs> we would be chaotic at it is what we would be. But oh, it would be so bad. Like, no, no. I, uh, the reason it's not working for me, at least, and I realized this during PD because, again, Burgess was missing this week. And, like, also, no explanation of where she was. Did not appreciate that. Well, and, like... If we're going off with the whole thing, too, it's, like, Burgess and Ruzik got engaged last week. And literally the only comment we had on it this whole week was when Kevin mentioned it to Torres. And because, like, you know, Kevin's a little gossip queen. And he's like, oh, Burgess and Ruzik got engaged. And, like, that's how we find it. That's the comment we got on it this week. And it's like, what? 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 And I don't want to know where she was next week. I don't want her to, like, I don't want it to be something where she comes back into the bullpen and they're like, oh, how was your vacation? No, no, no. If she's missing, I want to know where she is in the first five minutes. Because I had a really hard time caring about this episode, not knowing where Burgess was. See, it, I want to say they bothered me that bad. It, it wasn't that that bothered me. It's more just like. It's really noticeable when you have that few people and it's really noticeable given the fact that like they don't make a big deal of Burgess and Ruzik's engagement that happened at the end of last week's episode. They never do. And it's like. Uh, Right. I don't get it. So it's so frustrating. 
And I mean, it's noticeable in all three shows. Let's be real. It's noticeable in all three. But PD especially, it's just not, it's not cool. It's really noticeable. Yeah, it's really, really noticeable. And I mean, on fire, like, when Severide's gone, we feel it, right? Remember in season 10 when Casey left and then Miranda was gone for five episodes? Like, we felt it. We were, yeah, like Chicago PD, not PD, fire was in a slump era for those five episodes. Let's be real. Because yeah. like, when you're tuning into these shows every week, it's like you're, you're it's like you're seeing your friends, right? You're checking in on your friends who you only see once a week. And so when we don't get to see those friends, it's kind of disappointing. Yeah. And even though this wasn't my favorite Torres episode, like, like just the fact that we got him back and we got to see him at the forefront, I was like, yes, like this feels good. It did feel good. It would have felt perfect if we had known where Burgess was, because then at least we could say we know where all of intelligence is. They're all present and accounted for. Dante's back. And even though Kim's not here, she's X, Y, Z. We didn't even get to know that. And I think the thing is, it was like, they've done this before where like, obviously in like a Taurus episode, like maybe one person wasn't super focused, but like you would at least see them in one scene, maybe Mm -hmm. two. Yep. And then it's like, okay, fine. They're just not a big part of this episode. Cool. Whatever. But like, not being there at all is starting to feel weird really weird and especially also- without a good especially without a good reason like the only reason it made sense it still bugged me that last week they didn't make any comments about archer but like we understood that archer was recovering from surgery so even though they didn't mention him mm-hmm. we knew that in the last episode he had surgery he wasn't going to come straight back to work like we context clues figured it out right we knew in the back of our minds that that's where he was mm-hmm. that's the only time it hasn't really bothered me yet even though i really hated that they didn't bring it up last week but whatever right because it makes sense like his absence makes sense with the story right right dr charles made no sense kim made no sense i mean sever i guess makes sense it's but that's basically a whole different conversation because of his absence last season and that in my mind that's a whole different conversation well and and this could be a really naive point slash question but you're cutting the budget but why are you cutting the budget on the three shows that bring you the most traffic i thought they were cutting the budget on everything like it's not just a one chicago thing i thought that was like all nbc shows why though i don't don't know know. and i guess my question is like what could you not find somewhere else to cut the budget exactly like i'm not even talking about like sure fine chicago shows cut the budget but like could you not find somewhere else to cut it like one less fire scene i mean I would take, like, less fancy props if it meant I got all of my people in one episode. Like, maybe, the, I, I don't know, but, like, I, I I feel like they could find some other ways, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I hate this. And also, how are they going to structure this, right? Was with, with Torres, did they just get all of his episodes off out of the way up front? Like, is he going to be in the whole season? Or is it now that, oh, like... Oh, God, had- I hope so. Yeah, like... Is it now that, like, he had four off, so now Marina has four off? Like, how, what are we doing? I don't think Marina's got four off, but, because she was talking about being in, like, six and seven or whatever, but. And how are we, like, how are we structuring that on the other shows? Like, how do we determine who's out when? Right. I don't know. 
it's well and like only in a shortened season like does that mean everybody has to miss an episode or is it like a hierarchical thing that like some people i i don't know right i don't know marina's the longest tenured cast member on that show like what are you talking about like is it hierarchical i mean like she can't be gone for four episodes well in pd i was more thinking about it for like fire no or like net or something you know right like where there is a person like okay these people have been there since season one. These people have been there since kind of the middle. Like, these people are newer. You know, there is a more. Yeah. Right. Well, and this week, especially, Jesse Schramm was posting from Beverly Hills. So I wonder if she's got an episode off in, in an episode or two. Why? I know. I, it's not. I don't Why? like it. This is not a soap like opera it. where, like, you know, the cast is so big, you have to, like, rotate through people. This is not that. Especially, like. It's one thing if it was a story choice, but for the fact that it's, like, not necessarily a story choice, they have to force it to be a story choice because of, like, other things. It's, like, really annoying, too. Right. Mystery. But I hate it. (sighs) Yeah. So, yeah, in the car, Torres is, like, it's a reset. It's good. Like, new me. And Kev's, like, speaking of resets, Ruzik popped the question again. I do love the little, like romance like like, i like this little scene i thought it was fun i know i thought it was cute too but also i love the way torres reacted to that when he was like wait he did that tells me that somewhere along the way somebody filled torres in on every single detail of berzik's history on the 10 years of berzik right i like i I wish we could have seen that that would have been amazing torres's mind would have been like blown i'm just imagining torres being like he proposed in the locker room like what (laughs) yeah oh my gosh yeah so that just tells me that torres torres was filled in at some point on like the whole story which is very funny but yeah i also love how like everybody in intelligence kind of treats torres as like their little brother yeah it's very cute it is cute it is cute so they get a call Patrol had a vehicle take off on them at a traffic stop, and it's right in their area, so they pick it up. And when I tell you Kevin drives this car like a NASCAR driver, like, damn. Oh, yeah. He was rolling. He is just, like, weaving in and out of traffic. He's such a pro. He's like, Torres, hold on. Like, uh, there, is, there was a clip on, uh, was it Benjamin? No, it was LaRoy's Insta today uh, of, like, Luch kind of going through the script with. Yeah, with I saw Torres. that. Yeah, and just explaining, like, look, since Kevin's driving, this is what you're looking out for. This is what you're aware of. This is what you're doing. And, like, it's just so fascinating. Yeah, it's very cool. It is cool. It's really cool. And so they find the car. They start a high-speed chase with it. At one point, they're on Lower Wacker, which is, like, super, like, contained. And the car ends up crashing into a pole under a bridge, and the driver's dead. But Kevin checks the vehicle, and they find drugs, and that's why he was running. That's why he was running. Uh, yep. the, the whole drug thing throughout this episode we introduced lauren last night to the clip from saved by the bell of the commercial there's no hope with dope and then the slow-mo and like the, the 90s music yeah she had no idea she had no idea what we were talking about oh funny so funny so yeah void shows up and torres goes over what they know and like void is very like happy to see torres he's like awfully chipper did you notice that Un- yeah, and he's like, oh, by the way, how's your mom? Like, the black voice, like, checking in. He's like, your mom's doing good? And she, he's like, yeah. There's a fist bump at some point. I'm like, who is this man? I don't know him. I know, I know. 
So it turns out the, the the guy who crashed the car, he was working for Rafael Perez. And Perez is like a major, major dealer that CPD has been going after for like ever. But they've never been able to catch him because he keeps things pretty tight. He keeps them locked down. So the runner who died, he works at a garage that's owned by Perez's nephew, Eric. So just kind of keep the cast of characters like in your mind because I feel like we're coming back to this at some point in the season. I'm yeah. cool with that, actually. I'm cool with it. So, yeah, so clearly they're running the dope out of this garage. And Torres wants to go under. He's just like, let me just jump in the deep end after all this time off. I'm just going to, like, embed myself with a drug dealer. Cool. Yep. Yep. So Voight's like, are you sure you want to do that? It's a tough play. And Torres just says, yeah, but I know these guys. Hell, I am these guys. Yeah. More backstory I want to know. Want to know. Yeah, so Torres goes to his garage undercover. He's able to convince Eric to let him rent the lift to work on his car. Basically convinces him to let him run with him. Yeah. And at one point on one night, Eric comes to him and he's like, we're going on a ride. And so Eric takes him to some abandoned warehouse and starts questioning him. But like Torres handles it like a champ. Like Torres, undercover Torres kind of puts undercover Ruzik to shame. I love undercover Torres. It's good. It's good. And you can just tell yeah. he's got, like, the instinct for it. Mm-hmm. Well, because at one point, the the guy's like, oh, is that the high school with, like, this mural or whatever? And Adam's like, the fuck is he talking about? And Torres yeah. just rattles off the answer, no big deal. Well, and, like, the thing is, is they're like, well, if he must have done his own research, because that definitely wasn't in the profile. Oh, my gosh. I would have such anxiety about, like, what if they caught me in a lie? Mm-hmm. Man crazy so turns out they're at a strip club and torres's initiation of sorts is supposed to be having sex with one of the girls and so this girl comes in and she starts dancing on him and she's like if you were a cop you would like you wouldn't let me have your way with you because like if, if you touch me you lose your job and he plays it off he's like i'm not with women who don't want it and she's like no i want this he's like don't lie to me like you can tell eric whatever you want but i don't use women like this we stand. We stand a respectful king. We do. We stand. Yeah. That's not just undercover Torres talking. That's Torres talking. That is Torres. We stand. For sure. Yep. We sh- yeah. Yep. I asked the question during the episode, like at a later point in the episode, but what kind of vibe do you get from Torres in terms of like his family dynamic? Do you think he has siblings? Do you think he's an only? Like what kind of vibes do you get? He's an only. Yeah, that, I feel that, like it's him and his mom, and that and is that's it. it. Yeah, that was the consensus on Twitter. I was thinking either that or he grew up with a ton of sisters, because yeah, he's very yeah. good with women in this episode. I mean, he's always good with women, but like he's really no. Good I feel like them. it's him and his mom, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So the girl takes him back over to Eric, and she like clears him. She's like, "No, he's good to go. Like you're fine." So, which means that like she appreciated it that Torres was like, "I'm not going to do this." And so, yeah, Eric introduces him to Raphael with his wife sitting right next to him. This actress Gloria. who played the wife, oh my god, she was so good. She's always, I know her from Jane the Virgin, and she's very good. Oh, I, I didn't know she was in that. Yeah, she yeah, plays the doctor that accidentally inseminates Jane, and that is how she plays uh, Raphael's uh, sister in that show. How do you? I don't think I should. Because she's drunk. She's drunk. 
The doctor? Well, she, yeah, she has like a problem with alcohol and that's how she ends up doing it accidentally because she's in her feelings and so she grabs the wrong syringe. She thinks she's doing a whole different, it, yeah. What? <laughs> it's a telenovela. So it's a tell, I mean, it's, it's a telenovela. It's supposed to be like dramatic. It's really good though. I, it, I really love that show. I need to do a rewatch. I, I don't know if I ever want to watch that show. That's weird. But it's a telenovela. It's supposed to be dramatic. Okay. Talking about so, so many good, entertaining topics tonight. Dick pics, artificial insemination. Like, man. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. So the next day, Torres shows up at the garage and... Eric's like, look, we're running low on heroin until the next shipment comes in in a few days. And just as Torres is about to go on his first run, Gloria pulls up and gets in the car with him. And Gloria's the wife, the, the sister, the sister, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, Gloria's, Gloria's the, the wife. wife. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that's why Eric calls her Tia. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so she gets in the car with him and she just wants to vet him, basically. And so she's like, I usually go with the runners when they're brand new. And so they go to get the money from the car and Gloria realizes it's wrong. So she confronts the guy like no fear. Mm -hmm. none. And so Torres is kind of reading the situation and it's escalating. So he tackles the guy and forces him to pay. And so, yeah, Gloria takes the money and she puts it in her purse. She does not put it in the trap, which is like the compartment in the back seat with the, the seat that like drops and all that stuff. Yeah. So, they go get some food, and while she goes to get napkins, he takes a picture of her burner phone. And he's like, why did you take the money? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she doesn't really answer it before her husband shows up. This guy is so freaking scary. Oh, my God. He's really just, like, creepy. He's so scary. Oh, my gosh. And then he, like, throws out the food and is like, I don't want you getting fat. What? Again, why are men? Why are men? wire yep. men horrible Ugh. so yeah and they leave and torres notices the way that he's like handling her and like holding her back and everything and so back in the bullpen torres tells white he's like we can use her because she's in deeper trouble than we thought like we're good and so according to him perez is controlling victoria and hurting her and she hates it gloria and gloria what did they call her Gloria. Gloria. Yeah. So <laughs> words. Um, yeah. And so Torres is like, she wants out. And Voight's like, how do you know that? And he goes, I saw it and I know what it looks like. So I mean, there's some empathy happening there where, you know, Torres knows what's going through her mind and you know, she sees a protector. Yeah, because that was him. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So Torres shows up to Gloria's house. They go for a walk. And while they're doing that, Kevin and Haley break into her car and find some cash. Which, like, what was the point of this? Uh, I think they needed a way to, like, convince her to be the CI. Like, they had to find something on her so that, you know, they could basically, like, use, you know, pull her into their corner. They would have lost her if they'd caught if she had caught them. She would have been like, "Fuck you, I'm done." Well, maybe not though, because like it's either that or die. Well, yeah, I think she's afraid. I don't think she would have done. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So Kevin and Haley break into the car. They find some cash, and once he gets the all clear, he arrests Gloria and brings her in. 
And we get this scene where he lays out the options. We have you on trafficking from the car switch. You're going to jail. And this bag guarantees that once word gets out, your husband will find you and kill you. You know what happened to his other wives? Yes. Then you should be scared. Is this how you helped your mom? It's prison, get killed, or you work with us. Is this how? By becoming a cop? This came after. After what? Gloria, this offer won't stand forever. This isn't a real offer. Yes, it is. You wanted an escape, and I'm handing you one. By helping the police. By risking my life. You already were. controls what you eat, what you wear, where you go, how you spend your time, how much of the bag you're left holding, which is all of it. I don't need you describing my life to me. He's got your life in his fist. Get out. I don't want it this way. The way doesn't matter. No, it matters to me. I don't trust you. I know. I didn't know you were a cop, and I'm really good at reading people. It'll be worth it. I promise. When it's over, you'll be free. She's trying so hard to, like, break him, and he's not breaking yet. Mm-mm. She's trying. Because she see. I think... He sees it in her, but she also sees it in him. Right. Right. Because, like, she I, says earlier, she says she's, like, good at reading people, even though she missed the fact that he was a cop, but she sees the other stuff. Right. Right. And I think she so badly wants to give in to the fact that she's, like, there's a protector right in front of me, but also she's trying to, like, save face because she's, like, I couldn't tell that you were a cop. And she's trying to, like, yeah. convince herself, yeah. no, I'm still good at this. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. Will you take it from here? Yeah. So they work on, Taurus works on getting her mic'd up. And again, they kind of go over the same conversation. She's like, like nailing the fat. She's like, what do you do to save your mom? Like, why won't you answer me? And um, she basically tells them, she's like, you know, you're not like them. You seem like something different. Talking about like the fact that she didn't realize he was a cop because she thought she saw something different in him. Mm -hmm. Um, And before she can answer that, though, of course, they get interrupted. So, Gloria goes home, and Kevin and Torres sit outside their house and watch her, you know, camera feed, and they see Perez, like, twist Gloria's arm when she suggests, like, going with him to do the delivery, and, you know, but she plays it cool, she doesn't use a safe word or anything, and he tells her, though, that, like, she can pick up the clean car and go to the recycling center by midway. So, Torres drives Gloria to this recycling center and he's like you know we got this trying to calm her down and so they get there and Perez doesn't turn up yet but Gloria makes the call to you know strip the bus get the drugs all that stuff and Kevin meanwhile is tailing Perez and he like turns the opposite direction he's going away from the recycling center towards his like grocery store lot 
So, of course, now they're like, well, shit, Preds isn't showing up. Like, what do we do? And Voight makes the decision for them not to move in because basically they're going to be damned if they do, damned if they don't. Like, if they, you know, make themselves known they're going to ruin things, they're never going to get Prez that way. If they don't, you know, they Gloria could end up getting killed. Like, they're basically damned if they do, damned if they don't. Mm-hmm. And Voight even says that, which is kind of funny coming from Voight. Voight's like, no amount of dope is worth a life. Which, like, I don't know, you just feel like Voight sometimes would almost say the opposite sometimes but like i don't know it was just interesting that void of all people was like no the drugs aren't worth it i feel like he has always believed that but for some reason hearing him say it just doesn't like it feels weird sounds weird it sounds really weird coming from his mouth yeah yeah so basically void's like okay well now what we gotta do good all the cars follow all the cars get the stash houses like find out what happened to prez you know all yada 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 and then the last of this is kind of where it gets weird. So Taurus and Gloria get in the car. And of course, she starts freaking out because she's like, where was he? I, you know, she thinks she's going to die. Then he's going to like somehow find out that it was her and get killed. So Taurus takes her to some like abandoned parking lot, parking garage, whatever. And like asks her she, who she was texting back at the scene. And he wants to see her phone, but she won't give it up. But she swears that it wasn't him. That she wasn't the one that, like, tipped him off. And she mentions that, you know, last night when they were at home, Perez mentioned, got a phone call about, like, idiot Eric and then went to bed. And that Eric was supposed to be, Eric is the one who owned the garage. And he was supposed to be at the shipment, but he didn't show. So, of course, Haley and Ruzik go check it out. And they end up finding Eric's body. Oh, my God. It's so gruesome, too. Yeah. it The eyeball sitting. It's, Yeah. Yeah. Did not need that image no. in my life. Um, so of course Brez basically killed Eric because he thought Eric was the one that ratted them out, which obviously it wasn't Eric, but yeah. So Gloria kind of escaped in that regard. Um, and so Torres tells Gloria this, and like I said, she starts freaking out. She even tries to like punch Torres at one point, and then he kind of pins her back and She's like, you know, that right there, you try to hide it, but you can't. You're just like me. And then it ends up with them, like, making out, and then they, like, almost start to have sex against the wall. And, like, that's where the episode ends. It's really weird. Okay, like, when did that interview where she was, like, most of Upstead was based on, like, a trauma bond? I'm sorry. If you look up trauma bond in the dictionary, that scene is what's going to show up. So I pulled this because I read one of Benjamin's like postmortems he did with TV Insider and the person, the interviewer asked, she says, Torres and Gloria at then, like, why? Like, point blank, why? Like, what draws him to her? Is it because she was able to get under his skin? And Benjamin's answer is, I guess maybe in a way you could say that. At the same time, there's just this push and pull between them because honestly, they've been in the same situation. She's trying to get out of this world and she can understand when people are like her. It's like once you're in that world, you're in and something else is pulling her. And he lived through that before he became a cop. So I think there is that mutual understanding that lives within them and is really what's bringing them together. It's kind of like this attraction and this kind of power dynamic. And you could say a lot of toxic things in this in that sense that keep them very attached to each other. And I think that there are definitely feelings there in some sort of way. Maybe not the clearest, most aligned type of way, but there are definitely a lot of feelings there. And I don't know how I feel about that answer. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that either. I 
I I understand the point that like there's definitely a connection between Taurus and Gloria that like they both feel like they recognize something in each other that they also see in themselves. I get that part. I understand there is some connection there. Mm-hmm. I understand that. I don't really see the other stuff beyond that. No, I don't like the connection, sure. I yeah, I, I don't no, I'm just kind of I mean, I don't think there's any poor I don't think there's any part of Torres that would change what he did to his stepdad. No. Because he knew that it was the only way he was going to be able to get out. I'm really, I'm having trouble reconciling the very end. Like, yeah. I guess also my question is, is like, okay, fine. They make out, they start having sex or whatever that's supposed, you know. By the way, it's also like snowing when this is happening. And they're like, they're going at it in a parking garage (laughs) when it's like 20 degrees out. But okay. Yeah. And then my thing is, is like, okay, so fine. Like, okay, they do it. So now what? Now Torres is in a heap of trouble. Well, and then so in that art, let me see if I can find the rest of it. She like the interviewer asked him, hold on. Basically, like the next question was, well, the next question was like, so what are we gonna see from that? Like, or is it just from Torres? Like, I assume he's not gonna share it with anyone because I feel like it's gonna come out at the worst possible time. And Benjamin, of course, is like, I don't know. We haven't seen the next script of that storyline yet. So, like, I don't know. And yeah. Because next week is probably not a Torres episode, and he's probably not in it at all. Disappeared, and who knows? Who knows when the next Torres episode is? But yeah, I just like I don't know. And then, like, is it was it just so overwhelming in that moment that like, because yeah, like you said, he kind of fucked up. Like, he was on his job; it was with a CI. Like, it's there's a whole lot of levels there of like how kind of fucked up it is. So, like, and I feel like in my mind, I want to be like, well, Torres is smart enough to, like, have put a stop to it. And, like, were the feelings just so overwhelming that he was like, no, I'm going to keep doing I don't know. It's still weird yeah. to me. I mean, I, I can see how he would be drawn to her because she read him, like, a book. And when she said, like, this right here, like, you know, you try to hide it, but you can't. Obviously talking about, like, you know, his heart. Yeah. I can see, I can see that. But also, she's your CI. But I guess the thing is, too, is, like, I could have even seen it if, like, she tried to kiss him and then he was like, no, we can't. Like, Mm -hmm. I could have even seen a whole situation like that, but, like. No, I know. (laughs) I mean. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. He's going to get himself in trouble. And I I mean, it's not that I like how it ended, but I'm glad it didn't wrap things up because I think we're going to go back to this. And I mean, it's juicy for sure. But, like, the other part that makes no sense is, is, so Marina said in one of her interviews from last week that I guess in whatever episode they were filming then, I think it was, she said, like, six or seven, that, like, she, they were kind of starting to introduce, like, the season's big bad, some, like, serial killer guy that, like, boy, it was going to kind of go back to his old ways, whatever. But, like, so if that's the case, then where does that leave this storyline? Because, like, you could have honestly made almost Perez the big bad in some way. 
So I guess because he's apparently been like off the hook for eight years, like nobody's been able to pin him for eight years. So like it would make sense that it takes them a while to pin him down. But like, I guess I don't know. I guess the next Torres episode is this blowing up in his face, right? And basically going to be like the part two, and it'll be done with whatever the next Torres episode is. Yeah, because he's. I mean, he's probably going to continue seeing her. Well, he's got to protect her. She can't go back to her husband. No, he's going to be, like, chomping at the bit to kill her. Yeah. Weird. It was not how I thought that episode was going to end at all. I don't know what I thought it was going to end, but I did not think it was going to be that. Me neither. And when it's like, oh, yeah, sure, give Taurus a love interest. This was not what I imagined either. Where's Mia? I miss her. I liked her. <laughs> like, <laughs> he fucked her. that up too. I liked them, but yeah, no, he, Mia's over him. Yeah, she ain't. She, no, no, she's not coming yeah. back. Yeah, I just probably what also makes Gloria even more attractive is that, like, you know, she read him like a book, but she also doesn't know what he's done in the past. Yeah. Goodness. I... I just, I still, like, it's been 24 hours at this point, literally, because it's almost 11 o'clock here, so basically 24 full hours at this point, and I've been thinking about that scene a lot, and it just, I get parts of it, but I really still understand the end of it. I I rewatched it, too, and I'm still, like, confused. I get the bond. I don't get the other part. I'm with you, 100%. Any other notes on PD? No, like I said, I'm glad Taurus is back. I love him. I love Benjamin. I'm glad he's back. But this was, the ending was a little weird. The ending was a little weird. It was weird. And our our shows feel incomplete without everybody there. Yeah. Well, and I think it's just been nice to, like, and this is, again, like, PD is in its own little world. But, like, I feel like on Fire and Med... We just got a lot more, like, bonding moments between, like, different groups of people. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, on Med, we had, like, all the girl talk. On Fire, you always have different groups. But, like, I, you know, I just feel like it just, when we get to Pete, by the time we get to PD, and especially when we're missing people, it just, it gets more glaringly obvious at how disjointed it feels a lot of the time. Yeah. Yep, yep. More Torres. I love Torres. Yes. I mean, and he always crushes the episodes. Like, somebody tweeted last night and was like, Torres episodes are so intense. And intense is a good way to describe them, but they're so good. Benjamin's just so good. He really is. He's really really good. But, like, also Kevin next week. Yes, please. Lorice, it's time. It's time. Yes. Please do emotionally destroy us. Please. We welcome it. We're okay with it. Yes. Well, not next week. The week after. Week after, yes. You know so, what I mean, though. Yeah. So uh, that is about all we've got for today. But we are we're taking next week off, so uh, we're, we'll be off right alongside the show. So you will hear from us again in two weeks. Uh, as always, you know where to find us: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, TikTok. Meet us at Molly's everywhere. 
you guys can email us about anything, seriously anything, meet us at mollies at gmail.com. Our inbox is a safe space. So, you know, drop in with anything and everything you want to talk about. Does not have to be TV related. There's a lot of shit happening in the world right now. So, you know, feel free to talk to us because we are here for that. So, um, yeah, follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I'm at K 13 and yeah, in the meantime, everybody have a great weekend. Have a good week off, I suppose. Although pro- we'll probably all be watching reruns because that's what we do. Um, we don't really know. Oh, what I got other do. stuff to watch. Yeah, we do. Um, is it a certain show that rhymes with the Schmilded age? I don't know what I want to start with. Do I watch Expats? Do I watch Gilded Age? Do I keep on suits? I don't think I'm keeping on suits right this second. I'm not in the mood for that. Wait for me. Wait for me to do expats so we can like, I mean, you'll, you always binge it faster than I do anyway. But, but like, is it even all me. out yet? I don't know. How many episodes is it expats supposed to be? I think at this point, I think the third episode might drop tomorrow. The fourth episode drops tomorrow. How many episodes of expats? It's six. So I'm almost like, should we just wait for like a couple more weeks and then like watch it all at once? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So wait on expats. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll wait on expats. Let's start the Gilded Age. Okay, fine. I'm desperate over here. I even like tried to convince my mom to watch it today. I was like, you don't understand. Like, I need somebody to watch it. See, I took today and I finished the last 10 minutes of the Marvels that Lauren interrupted me on yesterday. <laughs> Literally, like, the most, like, climactic part of a movie and Lauren FaceTime. That's the other thing, too, is we got to start, like, we got to pick up the binging because we're going to have to stop for Sinky's movies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but listen, Oppenheimer comes on Peacock next week, so I will watch that next week. It is so good. I know. I've been waiting for it to come on streaming. So it's so good. So so. I good. know you're gonna love it. I hope. But anyway, so yes, anyway. we're gonna be watching stuff next week. Yes, that's the plan. That's the plan. But we're around, so like you know, get with us on social media if you want to talk. We're we're always here. So yeah. Otherwise, that's about it. So everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye.